Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from the corner of no hope, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight the gang heads back once again to the legendary Crystal Lake, where they'll do their drunken best to tell the bloody tale of Jason Voorhees' controversial comeback in 1985's Friday the 13th Part 5, The New Beginning. To aid them on their quest, they'll be smoking two cigars this evening, the Kudzu Lustrum, and the Jacob's Ladder Brimstone, both from Southern Draw Cigars, paired with the Lager of the Lakes Pilsner and the Lake Breeze Blonde Ale. Two cigars, two different beers, and four numbnuts sitting at the table doing their thing. Poor old Jason doesn't stand a chance. So sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. Good scotch. Ah, good scotch. Hey, Cade, why don't you uh, hand me one of them cold beers? Oh, did I miss you? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Tut. My system is down temporarily. Uh, I'd love to assist you, but unfortunately my system's down right now. So uh, if you'll try back in about 30 minutes, hopefully get the guy in here to get it up and run again. But uh, appreciate your patience. Sorry. For any inconvenience, I value you as a member of this podcast. What? You didn't like that, did you? No. Beer. Three times this week, I'm on the phone. No, 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 no. Beer. Take care of some shit. Yeah. I won't name names. One's a bank. Of course. Uh. Trying to make, because, you know, they don't have tellers anymore. They had to get rid of them. You have to do everything at the fucking ATM. So they got rid of the people. Just like I you like it. Go to. But now, I get them on the phone. Oh, Mr. Cade, you're a valued customer. We'd love to help you. Unfortunately, our systems just went down, and uh, uh, we can't really do anything right now. If you want to call back in 30 minutes, maybe the systems will be up. A few hours later, I'm on the phone with a local service company. I had a problem at the house. Mr. Cade, I've. 
trying to look up your file here. Our system's down. Uh, maybe this is Friday. Maybe uh, maybe call Monday, and uh, hopefully the systems will be up. <laughs> and then Monday, a completely different business gave me the system down shit. If you don't want to help me, if it's Friday and you're just trying to get out of the office, or if you just don't think I'll like what you have to say to me, whatever the reason, don't fucking tell me the system is down. What if it was a Chinese hack? I don't know what... Cyber I, I don't know what, you know, these guys were Asian I was talking to. I don't know what that has to do with it, uh, Tut. And yes, they were hacks. They couldn't do their job, but I don't know if he was Chinese or not. It seems kind of... Oh, you mean like the Chinese hacked their computer system? Yeah. Not that or the like actual, the Russians. Not the guy I was talking to was a Chinese no, hack. No, <laughs> I mean, he might have been. <laughs> might but, have been yeah. uh, uh, anyway, I'm just going to start using that. I decided, you know what? These guys can do it. I'm going to do it. The other night, my wife was like, hey, you know, you're going to pick up uh, gonna pick up my daughter from choir practice? Oh, I'm sorry. My system's down. Love to help you. How'd that work for you? Uh, I thought you were going to do the dishes today. Oh, babe, I wanted to. And I value you. I value the input you give me on a daily basis as far as what I'm supposed to do. Unfortunately, my system's down. There's nothing I can do. I think you know some of you guys have some of you guys have told me in confidence that you've occasionally had some problems in the bedroom. What if you guys use that next time? You know what, babe? It's not you. My system's down. And as soon as we get back up and going, we'll. Why don't you uh, try again in 30 minutes and we'll see if the system's up. I, I've, I've never told you that in confidence or any other way, but I I, 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 do, like the, I do like that. I do like the idea of using the system as down for pretty much anything. Why not? But uh, <laughs> there's something that just kind of, maybe it's because I'm thinking of ways to make money and retire. How about a marketing ploy right there? Is your system down in the bedroom? The Tuesday Night Cigar Club Sexual Aid. <laughs> Why can't we have like our own blue chew or something Why like not? that? Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't have to be legit. We'll just like paint some M&Ms or something. The Tuesday Night Cigar Club Sexual Aid. But then at the end of the result, Results may vary. <laughs> this has not been approved by the FDA. <laughs> results may vary. There are no results. <laughs> Rotting genitalia and death may follow. All sales final. <laughs> if you expect results, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? And at the end of the commercials, you could show her like rolling back over in the bed and be like, hey, babe. His system's not down anymore. <laughs> yeah, see? All of a sudden, Frank Thomas. we got to get a celebrity. Sexual satisfaction yeah. of your wife may vary. <laughs> All sales final. Well, it's us. Uh, so we probably get, like, what, Tom Arnold? <laughs> uh, maybe. That's, that's probably a reach for us, even. Uh, doctor? Copyright 2019. All systems go. Male erection enhancement. Let's call it the TNCC sexual aid. Sexual aid. Because maybe we'll have different products. Yeah. Different colored M&Ms. I was thinking some things maybe we could shape like the microphones we use. Yeah. Some some for everybody. No response whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Make it in hazardous materials. Rotting genitalia may occur. Also, it's final. <laughs> but if you buy one, you get one half off. All you do is pay an extra shipping and handling charge. If you cut over to me, you're like, what do you think, doctor? And I'm like, I think this is great. At the bottom, not a real doctor. Not a real doctor. Not, not, a real even, doctor. not even close. <laughs> Disney that Scott Club doctor has not recognized his position in any of the lower 48 states. All sales final. <laughs> Tuttle, rent us a warehouse space tomorrow. We're going to... 
just like us, we get the big warehouse before we do have any products. <laughs> we'll just let that big empty space sit and cost us money for a few years. Then we'll be ready. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. To oh, warehouse sales final. <laughs> get out of here, that little guy. <laughs> Uh, welcome everyone to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Our system is up and running. Uh, well, how could it not? We got scotch, we got beer, we got cigars. Uh, episode 103. 103. And it's a very special show tonight as we continue to celebrate our march towards Halloween. Halloween. And more importantly, we celebrate the birthday of our one and only doctor. Here. Hey. F in here. Happy birthday, Doc. Thanks, fellas. We, we've done oh, this toast 20 times before the cameras came <laughs> That's on. That's all right. But, uh, they didn't know that. We love toasting. Oh. We love scotch. We love scotch. We love the doctor. Oh. Likewise, boys. Yak boy, real quick. Uh, I want to fire up these cigars. we got two cigars tonight because it's a two-cigar kind of celebration. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the scotch we're sipping on? Ooh, that smooth. The Munahapine... 12-year single malt ILA scotch. Looks like is that Captain Kangaroo steering a boat on it? Uh, no, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a real scotch. <laughs> Not a real scotch. It's a real scotch. Uh, Drunkenness may vary. Uh, real scotch from Scotland. From Scotland. Okay. Yes. Correct. What made you pick this one out? Have you had it before? I have not. Uh, that's primarily, you know, uh, when I go down the the Scotch Isle, looking for something. Mm-hmm. I go for something different, regardless. You know, have I had it? Is it close to something else I've had? I'm like, you know what? I have no recollection of this particular one. <laughs> you've actually, you've actually had, had it, it twenty times. <laughs> uh, it certainly is smooth, not too peaty. Mm, I love it. Actually, that was their tagline: "Full of peat." No actual peat used in the process of making this product. Um, Scotch it, not made in Scotland. It, bottled in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it is tasty. Uh, so happy birthday, Doc. Thank you, sir. Um, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't spend it any other place. So we got two cigars from uh, Southern Draw tonight. Uh, the first one up is every... What do we do, Doc, every episode? In case this is someone's first time tuning in. Don't say we get drunk and make assholes out of ourselves. What's our goal to do every episode? Our goal is to, uh, other than have a rip and shank of a good time, always party. Is to uh, introduce a cigar uh-huh. and uh, a cold beer. Uh-huh. And uh, while we're enjoying said cigar and beer and discussing them, uh, we do so while talking about a, a a film. We take you all the way through a film, start to finish. Yes. Um, so our first cigar tonight is the Kudzu Lustrum by Sundra. <laughs> It is a five and a half by fifty-two box press bellicoso. The wrapper is Nicaraguan uh, medio tiempo habano. Binder Nicaraguan ometepe, and filler is Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan puro, boys. Uh, the medio tiempo leaves are found on the highest parts of only some tobacco plants, and they've grown in name recognition over the years as they're used in the highly sought-out Cohiba bahiki. Okay. Bahiki. Yeah. Oh wow. Bahiki. Okay. I used to say it right, then you said it weird. Binky? You used to call it the binky. The hinky or the something bahi- like the that? Wasn't binky one of the ghosts in Pac-Man? <laughs> that was blinky. The bihiki. Uh, BK. The, binky. It's a very sought-after, highly-priced Cuban cigar. Uh, lustrum, of course, in ancient Rome, means a five-year period. Okay. Uh, and this is, of course, Southern Draw's five-year anniversary. Hey, all right. Uh, in a press release, Southern Draw's main man, Robert Holt, had this to say. 
If we were entering a barbecue cook-off this summer and only had a single cut of meat to submit to the judges, the Lustrum would be a consensus choice by the family. Offering extravagant and rather pricey vintage tobaccos of a blue color at a blue-collar price, it's a thank you to those who have supported the brand over the last five years. We think we have a cigar worthy of celebrating the first five years of Southern Draw, a family company that by the grace of God and for the love and support of an industry has made it longer and been more consistent than many expected. Yeah, five years. It seems like they've been around a lot longer just because of their footprint on the industry. As a business owner, I know how tough it is to make it to that five-year mark. Yeah, we're almost five years. Next year, next January will be five years for us. Don't count your chickens, man. Yeah, well. Check your fax machine. We 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 got a ways to go. Ways to go. Oh boy, Tut bought a fax machine. Many things can The happen. end is nigh. I don't have a fax machine, Tut. Uh, so we are celebrating tonight the doctor's birthday and the fifth anniversary of Southern Draw Cigars. Well, just drinks all around. And drinks all around. And can't beat that, boys. We're pairing the Kudzoo Lustrum with what beer, Yak Boy? From Bell's Brewing, mm-hmm. the Lager of the Lakes. Oh, they made that porter we hated. The Bell's Porter. They did make the Bills Porter, but they also made the Two-Hearted Ale. They did like, make the Two-Hearted Ale. I think we like that. Real quick, before you tell us about this beer, I just want to say, we're headed back to Crystal Lake tonight. Uh, I forget, many episodes ago we did uh, another Friday 13th movie. So it seemed only appropriate going back to Crystal Lake to feature some lake-centric beers. Lager of the Lakes, our second beer, the Lake Breeze. And also, the idea was to, by choosing these particular beers, was to kind of divert uh, ourselves from our beloved IPAs and some of the heavier beers we've been doing. Good. There's a wide world of beer out there. Less powerful beers tonight. Hopefully, beer. hopefully they'll allow us to kind of show what they've got without battling. Or the cigars will show us what they've got without having to battle against some crazy double IPAs or stouts or something like that. So there's a lot of thought put into these lake beers. Now, I'm sorry for interrupting. Cody, the floor is yours. He's not sorry. I know, I know. It's all right. Lager of the Matthew's Lakes. never sorry. <laughs> uh, Lager of the Lakes. Uh, it follows in the tradition of the Czech Pilsners. It's offering a combination of a firm malt and a herbal uh, hop bitterness. Uh, and as I say, the Bell's Lager beer is as refreshing and crisp as a swim in the Great Lakes. And as I said, we've done Bells before. Uh, they uh, began in Michigan in 1985, as they say, as a to with a quest for a better mm. beer. Uh, as so, they've they're. Uh, I would hope that's why every distribution starts. over over 40 states. And uh, like I said, we've done uh, a couple others. We've done the Two Hearted Ale. We've done their Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, they and they make over. Uh, over 20 beers, and so we've only sampled a very small number. Well, if they fail us tonight, I'm done with them. They're that, not. That'll be two strikes. They're not. At least not with this beer. I already like it. You like it? Yeah, first of all, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Czech Pills. Uh, Me too. I, I tend to like Czech There's no pills. hot bitterness in this at all, so get that out of that description. Oh, and, and it's... Uh, but yeah, there's not, it's got some of that herbalness in there that I like, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of the of the Czech pills. Well, I mean I'm not like a huge fan, but I'll tell you this: it's the second day of fall, and it was a you know nice, comfortable 100 degrees today. 
It was a lovely 100 degrees today. Check pills. It was a lovely it's autumn. First day of autumn, correct? Uh, Second day. Second day of autumn. What is autumn, Yax? It's just a time of the year where apparently it's supposed to get colder, but we don't live in that area. <laughs> no. But it's we, not, live in, we live but it's in a season. Well, technically, no. I think fall, it is autumn, the season. Summer, spring, winter, fall. Those fall, are fall, autumn. Oh. I believe are kind of oh. fall, fall is autumn. autumn. I'm just gonna go with fall. Well, the, Look, the, the leaves first are supposed day to change no color. color. <laughs> What's your favorite season? Drop someone off the cliff. <laughs> fall. <laughs> TNCC is anti-autumn. No, I like well, no, I like autumn. You would enjoy it if you live someplace that actually that experienced it. it. Yeah. Why are we here? We we have like. Our, our spring and fall equal about why are we? two weeks total. I felt a breeze. Yep, it's fall. Uh, well, now it's cold. I like the beer. Yeah. It's got a it's got a nice. Uh, the first day of the fall season is known as the autumnal equinox. Autumn talk. The autumnal equinox. Yes. It's a man of science. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. I've been debating on whether I should address this or not. But I was all happy. I got an email alert saying, hey, somebody posted a comment on your channel. And I'm like, oh, yep. cool. I like comments on my channel. And then it was on our Beach Babes from Beyond. And I'm Uh-oh. like, okay, cool. Let's go check out what this dude said. You know it's over 50,000 views now. And then the guy said, it's clickbait. It's just a bunch of fat dudes talking. And I was like, well, well, first of all, I'm I'm sorry you didn't read the title that said Tuesday Night Cigar Club Review. This and is someone who went to YouTube and they clicked on it thinking they were going to get to watch Beach Bates from Beyond, the actual movie. Except the title doesn't say full no, movie. It clearly says it's podcast. And, and then the description totally didn't say it was a full movie. It said it was a cigar review. But mainly, I'm, I'm just kind of disappointed. I'm a little bit sensitive. We do a lot more than just sit around and talk. Yeah, that's true. We drink, drink beer. We drink beer. We smoke, we smoke cigars. cigars Occasionally just, we stand up. I, I really think that you were skill shaming me. And I think that, you know, had you taken the time to actually look at our podcast instead of trying to get free movies on YouTube like a douchebag. Uh, you guns know, coming out guns you, blazing. You tonight. might would have learned something. We did a lot of in-depth, ep, uh, in-depth detective work in that movie and analyzing because it had that Stallone guy that we like, and it had uh, Estevez, and you know, it was a fun episode. But no, apparently you just think we sit around and talk. That's and he had wrong. to throw in a, we're a bunch of fat guys. He said that too. Yes. It said, this is clickbait. It's just a bunch of fat guys sitting around talking. I'm sensitive about my weight, bro. You shouldn't. It was, a very, it was a very harsh comment, which I didn't. I wasn't aware. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I'm just joking. I, was, I don't give a shit what you think, dude. Go on. Get your free movie somewhere else. I wasn't aware people could be mean on the internet like that. <laughs> I've never been body shamed before, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't. It was hurtful, and I, I didn't mean, I like knew it. he was talking about Tut, so it was kind of like, I didn't take it too personally. Uh, I did. But here's I was, the thing. I if you can't find bit. Beach Basin from Beyond to watch for free, your next best thing is watching our <laughs> show because we tell you the whole movie. I mean, well, actually, you don't get any titties or <laughs> any of the reasons you watch Beach Basin from Beyond, you're not going to get with us. Wait, uh, well, you get descriptions. Of, you get descriptions from of titties. Beyond? Huh? I watched a completely different film. 
<laughs> hey, but you know what? You hurt you hurt Tut's feelings? Fuck you, pal. And don't you run into the doctor. Or it's tits up for you. Yeah. Again, he's not a real doctor. Not certified. Also, it's a pedal. You feel better, Tut? I, I, no, not really. Okay. Light up that cigar. That'll make you feel better. Okay, because it's a beautiful smelling cigar. I'm, I, you know, because I'm blowing it in your face. <laughs> I, I, you can never smell your own aroma, but boy, I'm getting, I'm getting it from here. Doctor, you enjoying it? Uh, very much so. I yes. did, real quick, I didn't ask you how you like the beer. It's very. How can you not like it? It's not really a objection. Uh, there's nothing objectionable about it. Just getting kind of started on it. Just taking a couple of sips as I see how it matches up uh, with the stogie. So so far so good. Very nice, smooth, even taste. Nothing, much, nothing really. Much like the cigar itself. Yeah. You enjoying the cigar? Very much so. R- really nice aroma. Uh, real nice flavor to it. I didn't ask for anything of it yet, but a little, little bit of pepper, a little tang there, but very, very, very nice, subtle. Yeah, very subtle uh, pepper on the nose. Boy, I got a real strong Swiss sweetness when smelling the foot uh, before I lit it up. Speaking of sweetness, I, I oh well. boy, this is like the third show in a row you're going to get sweet raisins. Is there sweet raisins on that cold draw? Tad, are you drinking prune juice? Are you drinking there a lot of prune juice? There is a sweetness. I wouldn't maybe. classify it as sweet raisins, but maybe, maybe that's for you. It is sweetness. Sweetness on that cold. Uh, I'm not getting that upon upon lighting up. Uh, there is that real just uh, pleasant tingle on the nose, little uh, little pepper. Um, boy, it's you've smoked so many of the regular line. Yeah, I'm a huge fan kudzu. of the uh, kudzu perfecto. So I'm gonna really lean on you to pick up the differences um, on on this one compared to the other one. I I'll be honest. I just I smoke a lot of other Southern draw. I, I'm a big Rose of Sharon. Um, I'm a big Rose of Sharon fan. Yeah. Um, I enjoy the Firethorn, and I don't know why I haven't had more cut kudzus. It was the first Southern draw I ever had, which I believe was about five years ago when we interviewed the Holtz at the Cats Fest. Uh, they were, I guess they were just starting. I guess I think so. Yeah. Maybe we were their first interview ever. And now they're everywhere. You can't go anywhere on Cigar Me without tripping over the Holtz. Kudzu is a kind of creeping <coughs> vine. That is correct. That's correct. That's what he named it after. Often found in Louisiana. Ah. Is it? I believe Louisiana is the Pelican State. Maybe I just made that up. I, I could have swore that's what you told me at one point. I know it's in the South, like all over the South. I mean, okay. literally, it's all over the South. Okay. Uh, that's why I always got. I was always kind of cracking up at the... Uh, the Walking Dead, you know, when it came out, and it was like, this is how it's supposed to be in the post-apocalyptic world, and it was like Atlanta. I'm like, uh-uh, kudzu would be all over that place. I'm getting a really nice French roast uh, coffee on the draw. Oh, fancy, are you? I am. And I can't really think of another Southern draw cigar I get coffee out of, but... Uh, it's it's a little bit lighter than their normal, uh, than the kudzu perfecto. Uh it's got a lot of flavored presence to it, but it doesn't have this heaviness, heavy mouthfeel that the Kudzu Perfecto does. And I like the Kudzu Perfecto. Yeah. Uh, construction so far is perfect. Look at that. Uh, very nice ash. Airflow is flowing nicely. Mm-hmm. What about you, Hotshot? I like it. You like it? Kind of like uh, t- there was a definite sweetness on the on the foot. I would, I would probably classify it more towards you know like that that sweet sort of like hay smell. Yeah, yeah. But it's not not not, not, it's raisins, not sweet raisins. It's not no. sweet raisins. But, uh, Sorry, Robert. I had, I know I first got excited up, I mean, there, but 
I got a little little hint of pepper, and nothing. I haven't nothing on the retro overly distinctive yet, other than that. I'm gonna Actually, get you a shirt made that says "Sweet Raisins." <laughs> Uh, I am getting along with the pe- the pepper on the nose. I am getting some of that uh, mineral component, that Nicaraguan mineral <clears throat> component yeah. on the nose, which is nice. A lot of times I get it on the palate. Uh, it's going really nice with that pepper. Really unique retro hail. And then yeah, that uh, that coffee, uh, that French roast coffee mixed with the, just some more Nicaraguan kind of earthiness on the draw. It's nice. It's real pleasant. I'm not sure I drink French roast. What do you drink? Just. Stuff that I throw in the coffee machine. Folgers. Folgers. Folgers crystals. No. My wife convinced me off of Folgers. I was a Folgers guy. Maxwell House. I mean, it wasn't bad. <laughs> I've switched over to Maxwell House. But she was like, ew, Folgers. And we've got something else. Mm. You hoity-toity Austinites with your anti-Folgers agenda. I like Folgers. I've I got mm. nothing wrong with Folgers. What's wrong with Folgers? not drinking anymore, are you? Chock no, full of nuts? because I like a happy household. I like a good glass of chock. I like a chock full of nuts in my mouth every once in a while. Oh, doctor. Hey, maybe that could be. No, I don't want to. I'm going to keep all of my marketing ideas for our sex toy business to myself. We'll talk later. There's something I never wanted to hear again. But hey, here we are. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'm going to come back. Give the guy a break, will you? His system's down. Oh. <laughs> My system is down. I'm sorry. <laughs> he values you. Um, so we've got lit up our first cigar. We're drinking our first. Man, to me, the beer is just... It's got a nice little uh, bite sharpness on the on the front end. Uh, that's kind of it. That's a crisp but, Pilsner. But that's okay. I, I wanted something that just kind of... I knew I know it's there, but it's leaving the cigars alone. Uh, so we got the lake logger, the lakes going, and we've got our cigars lit. The only thing left to introduce is tonight's film. Friday the Thirteenth, Part Five: A New Beginning. A new beginning. A new dun, beginning. Nineteen eighty-five. Well, it has to be a new beginning. Dun. Jason died in the last one. Or did he? So we were told. Or so we were shown. And you know it's October, so I'm out on my deck in bright sunlight. Let's get this <laughs> going. Yeah, Ted, it's almost over. we got one more show before Halloween, and you're free. Uh, before our free. terror-filled march to Thanksgiving <laughs> goes down. Uh, I've got a whole slate of the horror-themed Thanksgiving movies. Um... Uh, Thanks killing movies. Just when you thought it was safe to go gobble gobble. Friday <laughs> Thirteenth, uh, a new beginning. Uh, new beginning, written by Martin Katroser, who also wrote the previous entry, Friday Four, and would go on. Get this, he went on to be Quentin Tarantino's script supervisor, all the way from Reservoir Dogs to Hateful Eight. Wow, wow, that's a resume change. Yeah, but got to cut your teeth somewhere. That's a that's a long stretch. I think it's ironic, though, because tonight's movie obviously didn't have a script supervisor. <laughs> There's so many continuity errors in it. But yeah, uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, another guy named David Cohen. And also, it was written by director Danny Steinman. Tell you a little bit about this guy. He's a character. Steinman was an interesting choice to helm this film, as his biggest hit thus far had been the 1973 crazy, over-the-top, psychedelic porno flick, High Rise, starring adult film legends Harry Reams, Jamie Gillis, 
and Bertha Boobs. <laughs> what was that? I never seen you guys pick up your pencils so uh, furiously. G H. Well, I just want to make sure yes. I never yes. watch yes. such filth. Yes, and it's uh, Bertha Boobs B O O B S B S, not B S. Okay, uh, or not B E W B S. I, I believe it's French. Okay, Canadian. Uh, not familiar with Bertha Boobs. I'll have to. Look her up for. You did a college thesis paper on Harry Reams, though, didn't you? Uh, I did. I actually brought him into the classroom with me. Kicked me out of Sam Houston. The only place I get into was Stephen F. Austin, and I just said, "Fuck it, I'm done." Uh, but that's first time I ran into Bertha Boobs was on the Stephen F. Austin campus. Yeah, you did. She was carrying Tut's book bag. Yeah, she was. In front of her. <laughs> Those aren't books. Bertha Boobs. <laughs> At the time. <laughs> what a name. I mean, there's some crazy porn star names out there, but. As far, I want as, as, people, far as the I imagination want scale goes, like, the creativity scale. Yeah, it's but a, you gotta it's, put a in bra- it's branding. It's good branding. It's in the 70s, early 70s, no less. What are people gonna know before they even see you? <laughs> boobs. It's branding. I just. But I, just I get the don't feeling think. she shows up, she doesn't have boobs. Oh, you think it's ironic porn name? Maybe. Oh. I bet I, I better go watch and see for myself. <laughs> uh, again, H I G H, uh, rise. Got it. Got it. Good. Rise. Uh, but who the hell thought Bertha was sexy? Different times. Different times. Different times. Well, Betty Boobs was probably already taken. Yeah, Betty Boobs would have been. Maybe that's what she was like saying, but then she got sued. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just go Bertha. I think we put way more thought into it than she probably ever did. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, well, at the time, it was the most <laughs> successful theatric and theatrically profitable adult film after 1972's Deep Throat. It was a big hit. Uh, Deep Throat. <laughs> Spell that <Sorry>. out. <laughs> uh, he then went on to shoot the gritty Linda Blair exploitation film Savage Streets in 84, which I'm embarrassed to say how much I paid for a DVD of that about 15 years ago. Is that the one where she was like raped? She was out for revenge for the people that raped and killed her sister. I think I've actually seen that. Do you have it in this room? Yes. Yes, I do. Pop it in after the show. You guys want (laughs) to hang out for a while? Yeah, that was a little bit too... uh, Pretty graphic. Oh, but you'd stay for Bertha Boobs. Uh, I bet if I had High Rise, you'd stick around (laughs) till dawn. Well, I want to see whether it's talking about a uh, skyscraper or not. It is. It it, it takes place in a tall... I've seen it. I I, want to watch it for the... Research for the show this this week. Of course, uh, I made the comment. It's clickbait. It's just birth of boobs. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a giant apartment building where just some crazy, sexy uh, shenanigans go on. Some orgies. System's never down over there. <laughs> the system was never down at the high rise. <laughs> Uh, so then he shot Savage Streets with Linda Blair, which yeah, that was before streaming. And when back when you remember this, when if you really wanted to watch a movie, those fuckers would know it and they would charge you like forty bucks for a DVD. Yeah. I've and I'm a, there's a whole wall in this other side of the corner, of No Hope, filled with DVDs. I just paid ridiculous because I wanted to see it so bad, and it was the only way you could yeah. possibly see it. Interestingly enough, they they somehow knew that with VHS tapes too because. Um, I was able to put together the whole Friday series 
Uh, in fact, you were present on several of these excursions. The old Suncoast video, they were selling the Fridays, the original eight movies from the 80s, uh, would be like $9, or if you bought more than one, they were like $7 a piece. You know, brand new, not previously viewed or anything. So I got all the original eight, and then when the final Friday came out in, in early 90s, so I was looking for that one, and, and I guess that that one, at the time I was buying these, you know, we were kids, I wasn't still in the 90s, and uh, that one was, I think I had to pay like 19.95 for that VHS tape, which was an exorbitant amount for a VHS tape at the time. Oh, sure. Well, don't make me tell my... I think it promised like two minutes of extra footage. Oh, yeah, they'd always throw that on the end of the... Uh, <laughs> which, two? Was just, which was just Four Stephen minutes? Williams combing his beard. <laughs> Uh, it was worth it. Yeah. Uh, well, it turned out Steinman was a huge horror fan. And in 1984, he was hired to direct a sequel to Wes Craven's classic Last House on the Left film. Yeah. One of my old-time uh, personal favorites. Oh, you fucking make a sequel to that, I'd like to know. I don't know, but this guy might be the guy to... Yeah. It's not a bad hire, this guy, to, to try it anyway. But that project fell through, and when that did... Someone gave his name to the Friday the 13th producing team, and boom, he got the gig. Uh, before we start, I want to say I chose the Friday the 13th film tonight because, to me, the Friday the 13th series as a whole kind of signifies the end of summertime horror. Um, story. Yeah. Um, you know, blockbuster time. Friday the 13th is just, to me, it's summertime horror. You know, you got the campers, you got the, you know, it's. So we're going to close the chapter tonight on summertime horror. Uh, I also picked it because it's a very different approach to the Jason formula. It doesn't get a lot of love from the diehard purists, uh, and that has it's always kind of interested me, just how different it is and why, despite having so many elements that people love, it just always kind of got shat on. Uh, so we'll talk a lot about that. And finally, I picked a Friday 13th movie because I know how much the doctor loves him, and it's his birthday, so there Thank you, you go. sir. That's your, that's your present. It's a good reason. Thank you. It's a good reason. Um, got my uh, Thank God It's Friday shirt. Doctors, you can get on his Thank God It's Friday Jason Voorhees shirt. Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Um, we always knew there would be a part five because even though part four was the final chapter, a year later we have the new beginning because at the time these things were just making too much money on a low budget, so they weren't going to stop. No, of course not. Um, and this film actually did really well box office wise. Um, People bitch about it after they left the theater, but they went and yeah. they went and saw it. Uh, I think it came out the same weekend as like Porky's Three, Porky's Revenge, uh, Breakfast Club, maybe. I think was out for a few weeks, uh, but it topped the box office. Uh, Interesting. When it came out in '85, there's huh. no, uh, I want to say it. It was up against Porky's Three and something else, but Breakfast Club was still hanging in there in that in that top ten. Um, boy, guys, I did. I got a uh, before we get in the movie. About an inch into the cigar, that mineral component just blew up, not only in the nose more with the pepper, but it started showing up on the retrohale. Yeah. And the, the whole Nicaraguan tobacco element just seemed to kind of like, bam, like, yeah. the difference between two puffs was crazy. It just really... I really got al- it on the retrohale. It just really came alive. I'm, st- I'm still amazed at how light this cigar is. It's not, it's not a heavy-sitting cigar. Uh, it's just very kind of... Plays on the palate light, but it, I, I always get a little bit cautious about saying that because a lot of people are like light cigar. That means it doesn't have flavor. No, it's it's a it's a flavorful cigar. That's a crazy it, thing to say. It just doesn't have a. It just doesn't sit heavy in your mouth. I mean, it doesn't sit heavy on your palate. 
uh, I don't know. It's hard to. I guess that's how you explain. And it. even I'm not, not exactly being sure. a coffee drinker, I can kind of see what you mean with the sort of roast because I, I felt like there was a kind of a cocoa, maybe real dark, rich chocolate almost a little bit okay. there. Okay. None of it overwhelming. Not at all. Uh, but yeah, it's just that that black coffee. Um, um, there, there, there's no creaminess Mm-mm. to it. Uh, it's but it's mineral and that's nice. Mineral, earth, coffee. It's Nicaraguan pepper. Yes. Um, it's tasty. It's just got it's just and the retro hill is very very cool. But it just just seems kind of have a little ebb and a flow. Like one one puff will kind of that mineral will be really present and then it'll kind of go away for a second. Like let the coffee take. It's kind of it's kind of Little roller coaster in there. Lustrous. It's lustrous. It is lustrous. Yeah. Would you, you know, guys describe me to a stranger as lustrous? No. Uh. I can't say that. My system's down right now. I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> if you uh, were standing right behind I'll me. Try, I'll try back in 30 minutes. If you were standing right behind me and you were telling me to say that, yeah, I probably would. Well, that's usually the only way I can get you to compliment me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jabbing the ribs. <laughs> uh, see nice things. <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious to see what. Th- I mean, I, I'm going to stay on top of this cigar because I'm really liking those transitions back and forth. Um, okay. Well, if you remember back, and, it, and I should mention, this is going to sound like the most, the thing that least needs to be said of anything ever. It is going very well with the Scotch as well. Breaking news: cigar goes well with Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Especially Nicaraguan cigars, I, I like it uh, because the beer is just kind of you know there after that 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 first kind of bite on the front. Uh, boy, the Scotch really does that. Speaking of Scotch, hey, that's what I'm here for. Total yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it to me, it goes very very well. The the beer, I man, I like the beer. It's it's kind of it's nice old summer beer. And technically, we're. Still summer here, so we're still going to be summer until after okay. Halloween. Why not? Our autumn comes Before. after Christmas, pretty much. Um, Thank you, sir. Well, if you remember back at the end of Friday the Thirteenth, Part Four, the final chapter, which came out a year earlier in '84, a young Tommy Jarvis played to perfection by one of our favorite Corys, Corey Feldman. <laughs> I saw this dude, and I'm like, you snuck another Corey movie in. I sort of did. Uh, well, he has just sunk a giant machete through the side of Jason Voorhees' mutated skull in what is a really cool Tom Savini effect. Smacks him upside the head. The machete goes in right here. He falls on the machete. The handle hits the ground, and it just slides. slides. Completely sinking that fucking blade into his head. It's a great effect. Uh, and he appears to finally do what no one has ever been able to do in the previous three films. Kill Jason for good. The last scene in the film shows Tommy comforting his older sister Trish in the hospital, and the camera zooms in on his. He, Corey gives this little evil stare into the camera, and you're like, oh, is he going to be the next Jason? What does this mean? Well, we're going to find out. And a, a, I know we're doing part five, but a, a tour de force performance by then. What twelve-year-old Feldman probably? Yes. Uh, if you if you read, uh, there's some great documentary. Crystal Lake Memories is a wonderful five-hour documentary on the entire series, and they literally get if you are, if you're still breathing and you were in the background of <laughs> if you were a camper, 
You're they in this thing. You? Oh, that's good. Uh, but it's actually narrated by Corey Feldman. And the guy who played Jason in part four, he's on record as saying he thought he was a little shit. He said he was like a mean little kid. He was just, you know, he, he knew. But he's like, but I got to say, the kid was talented at hell. He knew his lines better than any kid actor. And the film is what it is because of him. Yeah. But he's like, he was a mean little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a grizzled old stunt man, like with his feelings hurt. Um, but yeah, he 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 rocks part four. I mean, he's so good in it. Um, and guess what? We start things off in this movie once again with Tommy Jarvis, played by Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, he's a slightly older now than when we last saw him, and this time he's wearing spectacles. Those are new. Uh, he makes his way through the forest in the rain to a remote graveyard where a crude tombstone marks the final resting place of Jason Voorhees. I do mean crude, too. It's like it looks three like boards stuck in it. the ground, and they just spray-painted Jason Voorhees on it. It does. It looks like we, we put it together. <laughs> uh, more, it looks more like a pet cemetery, maybe. It really is. Uh, he stares down at the grave, but is quickly <laughs> distracted by the sounds of people approaching in the distance, so he runs over to the trees and hides to observe what's going to happen nearby. Turns out a couple of drunken yahoos, TNCC style, have chosen this torrential rainstorm to chug some beers, grab their shovels, and dig up the legendary killer. Not TNCC style. I had to say this was more this was more Cade Mency circa like college years. Maybe maybe yeah. Is I the only one at this table who is genuinely shocked that in our teens, maybe even our twenties, well two weeks ago. That we have never snuck in and desecrated a cemetery. That just seems like something we would do. Not him. He's getting this weird look from him. Dude, we did everything else. How did we never sneak into I think, a cemetery I think even, even dig no, up a coffin? I think even at our lowest <laughs> point, we were ahead of... These guys, I don't get it. They're, it's pouring rain. They're so happy. They're all... Let's get a look at the man. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're at the bar and like... Yeah, last call. What do you want to do? You got those shovels in your truck? Let's do it. <laughs> it's go time. And these weren't kids. These were like, you know. They were at least like 25. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, let's stand out in the pouring rain and dig a hole. Woo. It just seems like totally. Why, why are you so against desecrating cemeteries? I think we're all against it. <laughs> no, but he was like, not me. No way. Nuh-uh. Not oh, I was just I was joking. I've never desecrated a cemetery, but I've definitely snuck into cemeteries. You partied into some yeah. cemeteries? Yeah. Dance living dead, graves. yeah, living dead style. Tut topless with those rope flares. <laughs> I just feel the I hands of old men all over me. Can't get any of this out of my head soon enough. <laughs> Only there's a way to get rid Scotch. of it. <laughs> Forget you, beer. See you yeah. in an hour. Yeah, it was a different time. It was the nineties. Uh, it was early hot. It was uh, July. <laughs> Doctor, what do you make of Tut's? I like the feel of old man's hands all over me. Well. Mr. Cade, I am afraid that it is a little bit too early to tell. My God, how horny he must have been. <laughs> hey, perhaps he could use one of our erectile dysfunction uh, meds. <laughs> or the old men could use them. No, please don't give those bastards it. Results may vary. All feels final. <laughs> <laughs> Erections may not occur, ever. TNCC refuses to submit to the FDA. By listening uh, to this ad, you have lost all legal representation. 
Anywho, these two numb nuts quickly, very quickly, dig up the shallow grave. He's, they only buried him like two feet down. Uh, and stare down at the main man himself, who, get this, was conveniently buried wearing his hockey mask and someone put a little machete well, in his I also hand. want to point out that he was literally buried, like the coffin is literally at the surface. They dig, like, they're also like, no. dig, dig faster. I like that. And well, they like remove two shovelfuls of dirt and him, they uncover you it. Well, we want for. He didn't have any family paying for that grave. We Obviously. want to send him off with the things that he loved the most. Seriously, though, it's like you, Dracula in his cape. You know, like, what the fuck? What why doing? would you bury a psychotic killer? I'm like, uh, just burn his ass. Uh... I'm just saying. It's well, we'll learn. Supposedly, maybe that is what was done. We'll, we'll learn that. Um, so they're looking down at him, and Jason quickly, he's got some worms coming out of his mask, but he's alive. He quickly sticks the machete in one dude, makes mince me the other guy. He shoves like some other sharp thing right in his neck. Uh, they're dead within seconds. Why would he be buried with weapons? Who did this? The gravedigger system was down. <laughs> uh, the the gravedigger system was down. Oh. Uh, Tommy stands frozen in shock as Jason begins walking towards him, raising his machete. But just as Tommy yells out, No! We cut to the back seat of a car where our current day Tommy Jarvis wakes up, covered in sweat from the cemetery nightmare. It was a nightmare. Nobody actually buried him in a mask. A nightmare. Oh, oh I should have seen it coming. Of course. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cade, but... the they had wanted to bring Feldman back to reprise Tommy Jarvis, but he was making Correct. Goonies. At Correct. The time. His schedule was so full by this point, his popularity had taken off. Uh, in '84, when they're filming this, he was filming Goonies, and they actually gave him like four hours to go across town and film this little opening scene. All he did, when you see him in the bushes, that's it. When you see him walk to the grave, that's a female cast member wearing his rain Where slicker. Right, yeah. When you see him run, that's a female, a little short female wearing the rain slicker. All he did was show up, stand there, and that was it. Put a smoke in his mouth and say, "I got to get back to Spielberg <laughs> set later, losers." <laughs> Scotch. You know he did. Well, he was thirteen at that point, so he's still he's, he's drinking scotch and doing coke by that time. Yeah, it'd be a horrible life. Yeah. I got places to go and ladies to do. Later, <laughs> fools. If you need me, I'll be back at the Goonies set. Uh, you see, boys, this time around, as we've been kind of alluding to, Tommy is played by an actor named John Shepard. And other than him wearing those same wire rim spectacles that they put on, he doesn't look really anything like nah. Boyd Feldman. No. It's, yeah. Well, well you also have to figure, too, that, and I think they mentioned... Of course, Corey Feldman's one of the most recognizable faces... At this time, so I mean, you're not going to find one. Even jumping four or five years into the future, figuring that Feldman was 12 or so, 13 in, in part four, and even though part five comes out a year later, this guy's clearly got to be at least 17 or 18, there's still no resemblance. No, I thought this guy looked like he was in his early 20s. 20s, yeah. yeah. Which probably uh, meant they, in the shooting script, it was probably 17 How or cool 18. would it have been if they couldn't get Feldman, but they cast Corey Haim as Tommy Jarvis in this one? I thought they did. You think he looks like him? A little bit, yeah. I'd like that better. But anyway, his name's John Shepard, and he only says like two lines the whole movie, so... Uh, anywho, according to almost everyone involved in the production, um, it was a big deal when Corey couldn't do it. They all wanted him. He wanted to do it. That was the big thing that I was kind of glad to hear, like... He really wanted to do it. He I'm, loves the series. He's I'm surprised a, that they didn't hold off for a year. 
Man, the, these, back, back these then, were so the Fridays were so crank them out one after the other. Work, man, you had to they just had to keep making really? them. Really, yeah. 80, 80 to eighty nine ten year period they released eight of them. Yeah, I guess you strike while they, the they iron's just, there. Um, that made no sense. Goonies was probably such a big production. It was probably they probably didn't have a timetable. Yeah, I didn't know when he'd be free. Yeah. Well, our current Tommy yeah. is being driven in the backseat of a vehicle from the Unger Institute of Mental Health. Doctor, you did a residency there, didn't you? Uh, well, I I wouldn't necessarily call it a residency, but I did spend some time at the Unger Institute of Mental Health. You, you I were, wasn't a resident. I was not a resident. I did uh, some. Yeah, that's not that's that's not what you meant, right? I did I did some rounds. I did some rounds. <laughs> I did a series of hey, rounds. Speaking of rounds, everybody, everybody okay here? I, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, their system was down, so I had to I had to leave. Uh, the uh, Unger <laughs> system is notorious for going down. Apparently, uh, Tommy's never been quite right after the events of the first film. Who could blame the poor kid? Um, So we cut then to an opening credit sequence where a hockey mask swoops in, destroys the Friday the 13th logo, and then our standard Friday the 13th white text letters come out giving us credits, and the all-too-familiar sounds of Harry Manfredini's score plays throughout. Hell, man, at this point, part five, Harry Manfredini's score is just as much a part of these movies as Jason. I mean, he's, it's such a unique soundtrack, and you know, even just not just the kill, 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 cha, 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 but just he's got his I own. I think they use sound. it really well too. They don't. I mean, there's there's parts of the where it could just be nothing, but they, that really kind of ratchets up the tension. Yeah, there was only there was only one time to where I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Is that when the van was leaving to the trailer park? And yes, it was, it was that. Pulse they like they like they're running from something. But right, they're they just driving. They're just going to a trailer park. Yeah, that was like, a really weird music that choice. That was a choice. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. Like <laughs> they're just driving to meet somebody, right? Like there's no nothing dangerous going on. Is there supposed to be something happening here that I'm not understanding? <laughs> I think there must have. Was this something cut or was that used like in a different spot? I don't, I don't know. know, but it was. Yeah, it was. It was sort of weird. But there, I just find watching these movies. I just find his score so so kind of like the Halloween music. It's just yeah. so comforting, you know. You're kind of in in your safe spot. Uh, you know what else is comforting, boys? What's that? That's right, Yax. Coffee. Coffee. It is. If I don't start my day with at least four cups, I'm not the lovable K that you guys know and love. Shut up, Tut. Uh, and for a guy like me who loves coffee and also loves cigars, there's a perfect product out there that brings these two passions together like nothing else the world has ever seen. I think you know where I'm going with this. Do I? What am I talking about? Are you talking about tobacco? Tobacco Special Cigars. You got it. You win. What do I win? Uh, actually, the computer I keep track of my prizes oh. is down right now. Damn it. I'll get back to you later. Talk, talk to me in 30 minutes. Right. I value you. Yeah, we'll see you do in you 30 think, minutes. Do you think Cade Irishes up those four cups of coffee he has every morning? You know uh, he does. Tobacco Special Cigars, brought to you by Drew State, the same folks who created Sweet Jane, La Vieja Habana, and so many other classic lines. Available in your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, they envelop a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and a little bit of sweetness. A perfect early morning or after dinner smoke, and if you don't believe me, go try one for yourself. 
Hey, when we were out the uh, uh, dove dove hunting, we gifted one to our friend Lance, and he went over the moon with it. He loved, he it, loved huh? it. Awesome, awesome. And if you don't believe me, what's up with that? What about lied to you before? Well, I'll go uh, back to my notes. All right, okay, move, uh, move on, move on. Oh, so final. My <laughs> system is not down. Let me. Uh... It's gonna be one of those nights. One of those nights. Um. Opinions of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club are not validated by any governing body. (laughs) No refunds. (laughs) Always got to add that in there. Boy, this cigar came even more alive at the halfway point. Strength-wise. Yeah. The strength really picked up at the the halfway point. And the smoke production. Like, all (laughs) all of a sudden, it's really smoky in here, which is awesome. It is. Uh, Are are you guys still here? I had to double-check to make sure that the fans were on. Yeah. (laughs) Man, again, same kind of flavors, rich, earth. Doctor, I think you're right with a little bit of that dark chocolate because I'm getting it kind of with that coffee. They're kind of going back and forth a little bit. Um, and like you said, not not in a not a sweet, creamy way, just no. a, very, a very rich kind of a... Yeah. Uh, um, but still, still the peppers ever-present on the nose, but that mineral is still jointed every once in a while. But the mineral is also definitely there on the, on the palate. I actually get, I, I'm actually getting coffee through the retro hill. Get, oh, through the retro hill. Yeah. Like if you blast it early, it, it's. Oh, Todd, I see. You've been sticking the cigar up your nose. Oh. <laughs> that's not. That's not retro hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> he smokes like this and blows it out his mouth. No, it just comes out both of his ears. <laughs> Maybe. Yosemite Sam style. <laughs> what tarnation's going on with the cigar? <laughs> Man. uh... I did not expect that that big jump up in strength there at the middle. That's nice. I like cigars that surprise me. That's all I want. An interesting cigar. Surprise me. I'm happy. Yeah, I've always, uh, with the, when grading things on a complexity transition uh, scale, I've always kind of had trouble with that. Like, what what makes complexity transition good? I mean, that's obviously very the the most, uh, you know, Subjective one of all, probably, um, but uh, yeah, th- when it when it shifts, but not unexpectedly, but just kind of goes back and forth a little bit from the same couple of different things you're getting. Yeah, that's nice, and I don't need necessarily to be surprised by a new, you know, all of a sudden, whoa, malted milk balls, where'd that come from? But just <laughs> just like that that huge kick up in power and strength at the middle. Give me, I my, saw give you, me my malted milk balls yeah. back. Yeah, I don't know. As soon as I got there, I mean, just he just ratcheted up. I'm the the chocolate. I'm getting like a hint. I mean, I'm not tasting much of it, but like it, just on that little bit of the backside, I'm getting a hint mm-hmm. of it. Felt like a real dark, almost cocoa kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Let me sneeze. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Um. Well, Tommy is being delivered like a crazy psychotic pizza. To the <laughs> Pinehurst Youth Development Center, uh, deep in the heart of Crystal Lake. That's going to my notes. He, uh, that's basically what it is. They, they're like a food delivery. They just pull up. Here's your crazy person and take off. It's an odd establishment. <laughs> it is. It's kind of just an old house in the country. I've well, it's a halfway house. It's what it's supposed to be. They're taken out of the mental institution. Oh, it's okay. half of a house at that. I it's thought it was actually supposed to be like a mental institution. No, he's, he's, like, he's leaving he's, the Unger Institute, yeah. which we don't actually really see. 
And this he, place run by the, the, the kind Dr. people. Dr. Matt Letter tells him, you know, this isn't what you're used to. I totally forgot about that. I remember now that you mentioned it, I remember the speech at the beginning, but I totally was like, this is the most lax middle institution I've ever seen. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's the de- definition of lax. But the, the idea is give them a little more freedom, have them interact a little more with others. They tell them that we're preparing you to reenter society. Correct. Well, our system is down at the moment. It's more <laughs> of an honor system, so you just do whatever you really want to. Don't kill anybody. You don't kill anybody where you're going to be just fine. Uh, well, Tommy says nothing on the whole drive in, and when they get there, he refuses to get out of the, the Man, van. I should have worked there rather than the Younger Institute. Uh, oh, Doctor, you'd fit in right. <laughs> Whatever you feel like. Well, Should I chop some wood with this axe? I'm feeling a lot of anger problems. I think, I think it's really good if you go outside and work those problems work those out. <laughs> Uh, well, he's he's silent and refuses to get out of the van. That is until the beautiful blonde assistant director Pam Roberts comes out to greet mm, him, mm, mm. and then he begrudgingly gets out of the van. Pam, uh, Pam, she does the trick. She tries to make small talk with him as she leads him to Doctor Matt Letter's office, but he's as quiet as a fart on the battlefront. The smooth-voiced, laid-back doctor, he's clearly banging Pam. We're still thinking about your. Analogy that you just gave us. Well, it's the battlefield. You don't want to be loud, so you, you right. conceal your farts. Is it because the battlefield's loud and you can't hear it, or? No, I always thought uh, it was because in battle, you know, if you're sneaking up on someone, that's right. Something as small as a fart could compromise your position. That's right. Charlie hears farts. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's men that have died in battle holding in their farts. Man, you guys are delivering gold. Delivered like a crazy psychotic pizza. <laughs> Charlie hears farts. My uncle held in God. a fart so long in Vietnam. I'm not going to tell you what happened to him. He just got real bad stomach pains. He's okay. They're all going in my next research paper. <laughs> we called it Agent Brown. <laughs> we lost a lot of good men because of that. We lost a lot of good men due to Agent Brown. Uh, why were you guys having Taco Tuesdays down at the barracks? You set those men up for disaster. Oh, more uh, on that later. <laughs> yeah. um, he said, walking into a minefield, I thought he meant a real battle. <laughs> <laughs> the smooth-voiced, laid-back doctor, uh, like I said, it's clear he's him and Pam are doing it. Pam, why don't you uh, close the door and get Tommy a drink? He is smooth. It's a sweet gig. Uh, he tells Tommy it's different here at Pinehurst than your usual batshit crazy mental asylum where you spent your whole life. <laughs> I think he uses those terms. There's no guards here, and you can pretty much do as you please, man. Our main goal is to get you ready to reenter society and start your new life. All right, I told Cade. Anybody else recognize? Uh, oh yes, the old absolutely. I, I I got it though. I, I you got it, and I I figured oh, yes. you would. The doctor, who is he? I don't know. Bullwhip. And hat? He's not Harrison Ford. He actually is the inspiration for he Young Indy in Indiana Indy Jones the and the Last Crusade, the opening scene with River Phoenix. When he gives Indy the hat? Do you remember Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Sean Connery? You did I see it, Sean didn't Connery. you? At the beginning of the movie, do you remember River Phoenix playing the young? No, I remember the German lady. Uh, I figured him for a big Indiana Jones guy. Man, okay. I am, but I just... Well, anyways, they're robbing, the, they're robbing the cross of Coronado. Young Indy, played by River Phoenix, sees it. And the guy that's the head honcho of the bad guys, he's wearing the fedora, has a bullwhip, a leather jacket, and he's kind of... After they 
reckons, you know, he's, he, they get the cross back from him, and he says to him, he's like, you lost today, kid. That doesn't mean you have to like it. And he puts the hat on him. Yeah. Okay. And on the VHS tape, if you bought it, there was a two-minute deleted scene where he molested young Indy. <laughs> you lost today, kid. That doesn't mean you have to like this. That's not a different movie, Kate. has Indiana Jones and the Ass Crusade. <laughs> Paid $49 for that VHS. So with two no refunds. <laughs> All sales final. Uh, once Tommy leaves to settle in his room... No TNCC comments are legally binding. <laughs> Dr. Letter fills Pam in on Tommy's troubled history. Oh, he fills her in, all right. After after he killed Jason, no amount of therapy or drugs could snap him out of it. You know what? I can understand that. It was a pretty intense night at Crystal Lake that night. Plus, do we not learn... Die! Die! Blood everywhere. This big mutant... (laughs) Well, at the the end of four... Uh, Feldman as young Jarvis, he he makes himself look like young Jason by shaving his head off. He's a he, he makes masks and he's big into special effects. So young Tommy in the previous film, the only way he figured he could draw Jason in was to kind of shave some of his hair off and make him look like Jason when he was you know. And have they have they specifically stated? I know they do in part six, which we're not discussing, but in have they specifically stated in part five, or is it just obviously implied that? Tommy's mother and sister were killed. Well, we know his mother died in part four, but they never mentioned... Trish lived at the end of part four. They never mentioned her in this film. In part six... Part six, the sheriff mentions it. another Tommy, played by uh, Tom Matthews, and the sheriff then says, yeah, they killed your your mom and your sister. Which, I don't know how Trish lived. Well, we could go down a big rabbit hole picking apart inconsistencies in the Friday 13th series. Up in his new bedroom, Tommy stares at a photograph of his mom and sister from the previous film, and it's actually a photo taken from a scene in the previous film when clearly no one was around with a camera to take such a photo. Small pet peeve of mine, I hate it in movies when the character looks at a photo and it was clearly taken from a previous entry in the thing, and it's like, there was nobody taking pictures in that I would watch that scene. There was nobody taking pictures. You couldn't just get a like from their home collection or something. If there ever was a studio-produced movie where they were cutting every corner to slice pennies off the budget, this is one of them. Man, just I mean, they just literally took a still from that first movie and framed it for him to look at. I totally would have done that. Uh, <laughs> then he takes out a large pocket knife and hides it under his mattress. Because not, he stares at it lovingly. But not before he strokes the blade seductively. Because mentally ill people should have pocket knives when they're leaving their mental institution. Did you see those two wahoos that drove him from the Younger Institute? You think they were frisking him down? One of them probably did. One of them, Billy. That guy. He kind of game for anything. Yeah, it's man's. Um, when he gets up to put his clothes away, Tommy opens the closet and is startled by a giant rubber spider dangling down from the string. He's then met by the laughter of young Reggie the Reckless. Reckless. Who can't believe this scaredy cat's jumping at toy spiders. Where he comes from, the streets, you can't be afraid of nothing. Reggie is played by the very talented and highly likable Shavar Ross, a.k.a. Dudley from Different Strokes. Yes. I love this guy. I did not make that connection. All Arnold, right. Arnold's best friend, yeah. Dudley. And I like this kid. I like this kid a lot. Oh, he's great. Uh, the one thing that I would say is that maybe you shouldn't try scaring the mental institution patients. 
You, you don't think he, his gramps should have warned him about that? I, I think that somebody Don't hide in their closets and try and scare the mentally unstable but, people. I mean, that's why he's reckless. He is Reggie the Reckless. He didn't play by anybody's rules. Maybe Reggie the other R word, but yeah, uh, he's great. I, I like him in this. Well, two can play that game as Tommy Reggie the Rambunctious. Yes, yes, that's where I was going with that. Uh, I believe we'll also have a line of medicine to make you a little more rambunctious. Yeah. Doctor, you working on that in the laboratory? Uh-huh. All sales final. <laughs> What's in those pills? <coughs> well, well next I mean, scene? a proprietary blend. Proprietary blend. My notes. <laughs> or did I say too much? Not approved by uh, the FDA. Not approved by the FDA. All sales final. I mean, there are certain trade secrets that we don't want to divulge. Ancient Chinese mystery. Six ancient, demon bag? Ancient Chinese mystery. Well, two can play that game of scaring people as Tommy bends over and throws on one of his homemade Halloween masks and scares the shit out of Reggie the Reckless. Teach him a lesson. Remember, the last one... Tommy's a very talented mask maker. Yeah, now, he so he's got a whole duffel bag full That's of That's all he brought. Now known as Reggie the Wet Pants. <laughs> that was your old football name, wasn't it? Moving on. <laughs> Remember in... Uh, <laughs> I just Tap like old how very, very hard. not only at the Unger Institute for the Mentally Insane did they let him have that huge knife, they also let him continue making terrifying masks. It's his outlet. It's yeah. a nice hobby. He had those hidden in his... Uh, Army issue duffel bag that he brought from the Unger Institute. That's not where he. I guess it's like you a shoddy craftsmanship. Unlike the other residents who were hiding pocket knives and oh wait, that's him too. <laughs> well, get this, Reggie isn't a fellow cuckoo like Tommy. He's just here visiting his. <laughs> In highly gr- technical terms. He's here visiting his Gramps, who works at Pinehurst as a, the cook. Man, what an amazing summer vacation that must be for Reggie. <laughs> Son, Pekka, we're going to take you to live with Gramps at the halfway house filled with psychos and cuckoos. I just think that would have been funny if Dr. Matt said that. Look, Tommy, we just want you and the rest of the cuckoos to be able to adjust to society. Doctor, is that your man of medical field? Yes. Is that a, the proper term term for these people, cuckoos? Uh, we, <coughs> no, Cade, cuckoos isn't a proper terminology. We use cuckoo bananas. Cuckoo banana pants. Yeah. Okay. Well, the pants don't manufacture. Just cuckoo bananas. Cuckoo bananas. Okay. One flew over the cuckoo banana nest. Oh, they did use... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man of letters you are. Well, their discussion is cut short by the sounds of police sirens, so Reggie runs off to see what's going on. Everyone's waiting on the front lawn when a police cruiser pulls up with two giggling teenagers, Eddie and Tina, in the back seat. Are these people teenagers or young adults? They're young adults. Are they young adults? They're young adults. I know one chick certainly isn't developed like a teenager. Young adults playing teenagers. Yeah, I think that's... Sorry, guys. Give me a minute. (laughs) I'm going to need a minute as well. We'll get to her. Okay? I think Uh, Yax makes a good point. In the 80s, they cast (laughs) young adults, and they were probably in the script supposed to be like 18 or something. Okay. But again, Uh, it is a halfway house, so there's not really an age... That's true. They're all young-ish. This is a... Uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, the sheriff tells Dr. Letter that he found these two screwing their brains out out in the woods at Ethel Hubbard's property, and he'll let it slide this time. Eddie let it slide. Uh, but they're lucky old Ethel didn't find him first. Uh-oh. Just then, Ethel rides up on the back of her mud-caked imbecile uh. son, Junior's motorcycle. She's quite a sight. Uh. So's he. Uh, the sheriff puts on a face, Good morning, Ethel. Don't you look lovely today? 
Oh, horse shit. <laughs> She's honest. She wants this loony bin closed down. They're all crazy, and these crazy perverts don't respect other properties. You tell them all. Junior yells out, to which she immediately looks at him. Would you shut the fuck up? She warns them all. The next one she finds on her property, she'll kill him. Then she jumps on the bike, shoots them all the middle finger, and they ride off. What a nice neighbor. <laughs> Ethel is played to perfection by veteran actress Carol Locatell. And this is a cool little piece of trivia. Director Danny Steinman was such a fan of this curly, permed wig she wore. She starred opposite uh, Burt Reynolds in Sharky's Machine. And she wore this wig in that. And when she came to audition for that, he's like, where's, where's your wig? What's wrong with your hair? And she's like, oh, that's a wig. He's like, do you still have it? You, you can have the part, but you're wearing that damn perm wig. Oh, man, she's a little firecracker. And she played in Sleepaway Camp, Camp 2. Two. She uh, When Angela, played by Pamela Springsteen. At the end of the movie, the old lady that picks her up in the truck. Okay. I'm, I'm too, too fat to fuck and too old to drink. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> she's awesome. She is pretty awesome. She like, oh, thanks for picking me up. I ain't no skin off my tits. <laughs> I'm gonna write all these down. That's go- that's gold right there. Uh, well, later on, the excitement has died down. Two of the young ladies, Robin and Violet, are hanging laundry outside to dry while troubled loner Vic. Oh, dude, one thing, man. That's a great bird. She shoots. She gets on that motorcycle. Oh, just- that's it. But dude, it's one of those long birds where like her middle finger seems like it's like this, like. Like she doesn't do the the folded other finger. Well, no, no she, what I like is that it wasn't full. It's the full this thing. Other fingers are completely bent down. But what I like is that it wasn't like held out. Like look at the bird I'm shooting. It was just like an afterthought. Fuck you. Fuck and then gone. Dude, the first time she you and I saw this movie, she leaves the general store. <laughs> the, first, exactly. the first time you and I saw this movie, we laughed our ass off at her. Oh my Would god! Would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> um. Oh man, she's great. Well, Robin and Violet are hanging laundry. Uh, loner Vic, played by troubled loner actor Mark Venturini of Return of the Living Dead fame. Yes. Played suicide. You think this is some kind of costume? The guy with the chain. The leader his... of the bad Are you fucking shitting me? No. It's a way of life. Oh, he got oh, well, it. We'll yeah. get to see another one here in a little bit. Sorry, that's, guy. That's him. No way. Oh, wait. Yeah, the guy chopping wood. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I thought you were telling me the other guy was. Joey, the fat Joey, show? Yeah, I was like, oh my <laughs> god, god, what happened to him? That was just like, what, a two year difference? Yeah. This sister stayed like, down I, forever. I was like, I totally don't want to body shame this dude, but dude, what happened? Oh, no, now thought, look, he's I, body shaming. I'm sorry, I just thought this guy, uh, that other guy was more like a Jonah Hill knockoff. <laughs> uh, no, I like this guy a lot better than Jonah Hill. <laughs> this guy's talented. But also, this I guy's have got to say, talent. at this halfway house, I don't think I'd be leaving axes out. They're everywhere. Or letting them... Farm equipment, you name Chainsaws. Trying to reintegrate them to society. <laughs> Give them They're going to live on a farm. <laughs> These are all city kids. No, no, no. you got to be able to Maybe do chores. Maybe said that doctor was really checkbook. laid back. Doing, doing chores helps establish responsibility. No, Dr. Matt should have these people learn how to balance a checkbook, go to the grocery yes, store. He's got them doing his chores. <laughs> chores for said, you know, people at this house should be, you know... Wiping down windows, mopping floors. Not handling, huh, handling deadly not, implements. No, yeah, well, no, no, no. You know, you've got a cook in there. No sharp knives for them. Hey, one medical professional to another. I absolutely like Dr. Matt style. That's the way I'd be running things. Sure do we know uh, a lot of soup here. Well, we can't give him a fork. <laughs> Vic is aggressively chopping felled logs with a giant battle axe. I'm just trying to reintegrate him into society. He's going to be a log chopper. 
but I, I really love the fact that he's not just ch- he's not like oh, I gotta get cut this log. No, it's oh. it's <laughs> it's maniacal. It's intense. He would he would a few years later commit suicide. Oh man. Uh, so his name was suicide in Return of the Living Dead. He committed oh, suicide. Oh man. Uh, I didn't. I don't, I'm surprised I didn't recognize him. But I mean, now that you told me that, we well, didn't like, have a yeah. chain through his nose and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Chubby, mentally slow Joey strolls outside. Mentally slow. Uh, strolls outside and tries to help them with their chores, but he ends up just getting his chocolate-covered hands all over some of the. Clean- the clinical term is brain moron. Brain moron. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. I thought I was not being technically correct. That's not right. Uh, he gets his little chubby hands covered in chocolate all over some clean white well, bed sheets. Well, he does come walking out of the front door with literally a chocolate bar in his hand, another one in his pocket, <laughs> two, three more in his other pocket. Do they have to put chocolate on the corners of his mouth? I'm like, I get it. I understand. Again, Tut, reintegrating to society. I'm just saying they, that that was a little over the top. Well, for his... Uh, Parents' screen time, they really needed you to get that point across. And they did. Because he's got on screen it. in a total of three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he does look like he just walked out of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, so he ruins these fresh white bed sheets with his chocolatey hands. The girls scream at him to go away. So he makes his way over to Vic, who really doesn't need or want Joey's special brand of help. Or anyone his, around, for that matter. His intense wood chopping is Joey being does, distracted. Joey can't take a hand. He tells Vic, you know, my whole life everybody's made fun of me and called me a useless pig because I'm an orphan. I don't think it's because <laughs> you're an orphan. As he's uh, shoveling the <laughs> chocolate into his mouth. But you know That's what? That's not body shame, Joey, okay? I really like it here, and I know I can help people. <sighs> Vic screams at Joey, I hate it here. Chop, keeps chopping wood. Leave me alone! Hey, Vic, I snuck out an extra candy bar. You want it? No! Dude, Joey puts it on the log. Maybe you can just eat it later, Vic. Vic takes his axe and cuts the candy bar in half. Oh, man, that pisses Joey off. You know what, Vic? That was uncalled for, man. That was really uncalled for. Well... Joey will soon learn that Vic doesn't like being told his behavior is uncalled for. And Joey's really bad at reading cues. Yeah. Leave me the fuck alone! So anyway, Vic... (laughs) I'm gonna chop your fucking head off! So here's what I was thinking we do later. Um, Hey, you're really out of line this time, Vic. That was a good candy bar. Well... He turns his back to Vic, big mistake, and Vic charges at him with the axe and sticks the blade right in Joey's back. And that's just the beginning. He then goes on to just hack this portly fellow to pieces. Not ready for society. uh, Doctor, do you think Joey will ever eat chocolate bars again? No. My God, I don't know how he would get his hands on them since he's been chopped smithereens. (laughs) His digestive abilities must be just in shreds, literally. No, I actually saw his digestive system just slung over the log. You still white thunder because I was like, I applaud Joey for standing up to himself, or for himself, as he should. But I think the doctors should have probably started working on how to interpret social cues. And maybe work with Vic on his anger issues? 
Well, that, that would have been cool, but after the firewood's chopped, we're gonna need a we're yeah. gonna need a fire Once tonight. Once you get that firewood chopped, uh, we'll start. Pam working and I want to uh, have a little date night by the fireplace tonight. Keep going, Vic. This house this house doesn't have internal heating. We need those, that wood. <laughs> we love you, Vic. By the whole system was just geared to. When you're done with that, I'm gonna need Pam's little love nest. When you're done with that wood, Vic, I'm gonna need to smelt some iron ore out back. He could have been like one of those cool. Cool bit actors that you know just always popped up. People. He could have oh, been the next Billy Drago. He had a really cool screen presence. Yeah, I, I liked him. Uh, but he sure plays disturbed, angry fellows very well on camera. And now we know why. Um, so not ten minutes after it left, it's not even back to the police station. The sheriff's car has to turn around and come back to the house <laughs> to pick up pieces. The, is, this the, is this the one where they do like the cop show shot? Yeah, over the siren. Over the siren. The old timey siren. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Like, All right. It's like the opening of Dragnet. It really well, was. Like, still technically, well, I mean, it's supposed to be like a small town or out in the boonies, so to I speak. Guess, so uh, the sheriff, let's get on our horses, head down to Ethel's place. I just for some reason that one scene because it that is the, a staple though, Doctor, of these films, especially it? like the first four films. All ambulances, and you'll see an old-timey ambulance in this later, and cop cars are like, they're straight out of the 50s. Yeah, they look like the Ghostbusters Ectomobile. <laughs> they're okay. ridiculous. They always do that. I don't know what... All right. Like you're saying, maybe budget, the small town, they could I afford the I think that's older. it, man. These movies were... No, I mean like the, the town budget. Like Crystal Lake oh. can't afford sweet new cop cars, so they just get the old I don't think shit. there was that kind of thinking. I think the producers were, we don't have the budget, let's get whatever we can. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of odd. It's it very was, out of place. We need a cop yeah. car and a couple of ambulances. And I mean, oh, we've got these. <laughs> I, un- I understand. I understand, like not having the budget for like modern day police cars and stuff like that. But just that shot is iconic, and the, uh, it was done on purpose. So I'm kind of curious as to what that thought process was. We've got well, some vehicles on the back lot. We use them for James Cagney's white heat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take. Them. Uh, well, it turns out the kids used that white sheet that Joey stained with his chocolate fingers to cover his body. It was going to be really hard to wash anyway. So yeah. You bury Jason hey. with his mask, man. We'll bury Joey with some hey, chocolate. chocolate bars. They're learning life skills. They're learning life skills. It's getting getting ready ways. for society. Um, or maybe they figured, you know what, we're going to have to wash it again. Might as well. Grab this fat ass in it. <laughs> actually, if we use the, actually, if we use this sheet, we don't have to wash it again. Yeah, see? They are learning life learning. skills. Doctor Doctor Matt tells the sheriff that Joey's mother died during childbirth. No shit. You see the size of his melon. Uh, the sheriff didn't but say that. I also put oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's funny if he did. No shit, Matt. Look at the guy's goddamn noggin. This, this, this. What I, what I, you know, you say you put the sheet down, but I, I, I just really chuckled about it because then they come back and then they like just hang on it for a second. I'm like, huh, maybe it wasn't such a good idea. So let's this mutilated body. Let's put this white sheet on top of <laughs> <to> absorb <laughs> all the blood. The blood. It's just these huge blood pools soaking through it. Maybe they're not learning. You know. I, I spoke too soon. Uh, but no, uh, Dr. Matt tells the sheriff, because, you know, who do we need to notify for the family? The mom died during childbirth, and the father took off when he was young. So there's no family uh, that wants anything to do with this dead kid. One bubblegum-chewing uh, paramedic, blown bubbles... <laughs> Pulls the sheet off the body and laughs as all the teens recall in horror. Bunch of pussies. Bunch of pussies. Well, why wouldn't they be? I mean, if you actually look now at his... You can see the mutilated body, and literally, it isn't like he just stuck the axe in his back. He literally hacked him like... Yeah, he's like digging like it 50, in there. Like chops in this kid's back. His arm is severed. <laughs> well, and then... 
great delivery of that line, though. Bunch of pussies. His partner, Roy, the, the other paramedic, he's just as much in shock as his kids. He can't really do anything. Come on, Roy. Time to get our hands dirty. And Roy, he's just... We stay on Roy a long time as he's staring at this kid. He's, he's a paramedic, but, you know, Crystal Lake, they don't get a lot of... Anyone else? Well, like, even, I mean, facially, even, even if you're a paramedic and you're hardcore, there's still going to be some shit that kind of rocks you. Well, they right. may not have been like, you know, it could have been his second or third day on the job like I never expected. And, appara- and apparently this kid did a great job hacking him. The camera stays on Roy's face, though, a little long to let you know something's What's going up? on. Obviously not in body or size, but didn't Roy in the face kind of remind you a little bit of Lou Ferrigno? Yes, he did. He, all, he bit, always yeah. has. Yeah. Yeah. How funny would that be if Lou Ferrigno was the paramedic? <laughs> That would actually make more sense. Yeah, why not? The movie ends there when he just kicks everybody's ass. <laughs> uh, we then join two teenagers, teenage greasers, Pete and Vinny. Wait a minute, hang on, because there was one scene in this that I was a little bit curious about. The sheriff says something, and it's like the camera zooms in on the sheriff, and he like says something, and all of a sudden that paramedic, they're lifting the body, it's like, you say something? Oh, no, no, that's later. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was here. No, no, that's oh, later. Oh, okay. That's later. All right, never mind. That's after the scene that Cade's about to describe involving the two guys in 1985 who the are dressed greasers. like 1953. Uh, before I get into this great scene with these two clowns, uh, I am in the final third of the cigar. Same. Uh, Doctor, you're almost there. Yax, you're almost there yep. as well. Uh, right now it is still kind of where it was in that medium spot with the increased strength. Getting real, uh, the real heavy coffee, just as equal doses of, of the Nicaraguan component, the earthiness. Yeah. Uh, the pepper's kind of died down a little bit on the nose for me. Yeah, it's still a little bit there for me, but. Uh, it's not burning hot. I, I, no, I, I'm, no. I, I got some more life out of this thing. Uh, construction's been great. Burn line's been yeah. solid. Airflow's been great. Uh, yeah. Where are you at, Yak? Yeah. Uh, that mineral component is, is the primary factor I'm getting. The pepper is gone. The chocolate has doubled. Getting a lot of chocolate. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit more. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, just it's almost. I don't know if it's maybe the chocolate component, but there's just a sweetness now that I'm getting, and I don't know. Really. I have not. I'm not knowing where to put it. I'll put it like that. Yeah, I, and it's not like a you know. A, a, a heavy present sweetness, but it's yeah. just a lingering sweetness that's there, and I like it. I think your your chocolate for me, I'm getting chocolate all across the palate, which hmm. is really really good. Uh, I'm constantly surprised at how light this is compared to the Perfecto. Uh, which one thing I will say the in terms of box press cigars, Southern Draw I think has mastered the box press. Uh, the, yeah. Their box press offerings are really, really good, and I and I have really appreciated that. Uh, Not the box press, but the Perfectos. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they they construction and design, um, and I'll even go a step further as far as presentation goes. Their banding. Um, whether it's the pink Rose of Sharon, which, you know, that was a ballsy move to release a, a pink banded cigar, um, but it works. Um, to the, you know, I love the Jacob's Ladder, that kind of dark purplish. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, appearance wise, uh, they're, they're right up there with just, you know. S- Again, I'm kind of, like I said, I just, I can't go back. Uh, or I can't express enough the lightness of this cigar. You know, that was the Firethorn thing. It was a very light cigar. They cleaned it thoroughly. 
You know, it just had this light light presence to it. This has that light presence, but it has all the flavor. Uh, it's there's 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 no disappointment factor on the flavor here. But again, it's a lighter <coughs> lighter smoking cigar. I mean, you know, some cigars you you Excuse smoke me. and it's like you know you've smoked a cigar. It's just like all over everything. And this doesn't have that. This cigar it. is making me sneeze a lot. It's gonna I'm gonna account for that in my my rating. May I have another lager of the lakes, please? You certainly may, Doctor. Um, I will say this: speaking of beers, totally could have gone with a stronger beer for this cigar. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, because the flavor presence is just there, and it, it's not bad. Oh, don't hand him that one. No, hand him that one. Uh, no, don't hand him that. Wait one. till later. And uh, no, the 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 flavor presence of this cigar that is beer needs to be prepared to reintegrate to society. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely ratchet up the strength on your drink with this cigar. It's going to compete very very well. Uh, yeah, I, I would actually. I know I say this way too often, but man, I would I'd really like to pair this cigar with a double IPA. I almost went ah. with an Aust- a Lake Austin juicy double IPA that that. Seemed really good, but it was a little too tropical. I didn't think we wanted to go there with the cigar. This works See, very I'm, well, and that it, and that it didn't compete at all with the cigar. Yeah, and lets no, you really get I, the I full flavor. I'm like double a, IPA, yes, but tropical, the f- no. The first, no, yeah, no. And that's why I, I'm I like a, a good Baltic porter on this thing would just be creamy and yummy. Not I, creamy, but amber and yummy. I just the reason I did uh, the beers that I did, other than their lake centric names. Um, is because whenever I'm really excited about a new cigar, you want to get it out that I haven't had before, uh, and we do that obviously every week on the show, a new cigar. But I, but I just uh, I was whenever I'm really excited about trying something new, I, I just want to kind of stay out of its way, and I think this yeah. beer did its did its job. I, I agree. I agree. There's no competition in the flavors there. Uh, I wish I was getting some Yak Boy sweetness. I'm jealous. I don't know where it came from, and like I said, I don't know if I'm. I think it's that chocolate. I, I really do. It could be because oh, it's like a cigar. No, I was actually talking about his demeanor. He's a sweetheart. I'm an asshole. <laughs> You're not an asshole. No, somebody wrote no, that on one of our YouTube videos. Oh, that the host is an at, asshole. They're at, they're assholes. I'm sorry about that. It was a wrong. It was a rough day. Uh, was you? Him? No clickbait. This host's an asshole. <laughs> Fake news. I'm a little relieved because I thought it was my mom. <laughs> not that much relieved, though. Uh, do you guys want to talk price point? Why not? Let's do it. Oh, man. I hate what this is a normal kudzu perfect? You buy them, what do they usually cost? About eleven fifty, I think. Okay, this one has a very special media tiempo. five years. Tobacco is celebrating their five-year, but they're always, like they said, blue-collar prices. Blue collar prices to thank you for supporting them for five years. Yeah, but I also appreciate that he's kind of he's kind of Saka esque in the way that you know the price is the price. Sure, it's it's he's not, not going to not pay his electric bill to give us a break. Right. I mean, well, it's just this is what Why the cigar costs to make. Yeah. Uh, all right, so man, I go thirteen fifty. I'll go thirteen forty nine. It's good. No, no, it's no. Good. Actually, you know, I'm gonna. I like you that said move. the other one was eleven fifty. I'm act, I'm just gonna go eleven. Less, less. Unless he's just gonna go crazy. That's but ballsy. I think you know. For that's, it's so an anniversary s- cigar. Anniversary cigar with a very rare new tobacco added. See, to he already it. told me it's more, so I'm gonna go fifteen. All right. Thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty. Fifteen. 
Are you you're adjusting it to go to 15? I said 15. See, I, I was going to split the difference between yours and Yax's original we'll guess and go 12.50. All right, there you go. Well, boys. $23. 11.89. Really? Doctor, you win. Hey, that is not it's your bad, birthday. man. That is not bad at all. You should buy a lottery ticket. That is not bad. Not bad at all. I, I really enjoyed the cigar. It is good. I shall have it again. Man, you know, I, I always price point's always interesting to me. You guys are, are better at, at guessing it. Uh, like I said, my guess was just to split the difference between Tuts and Yax's original guess. Based well, we buy on, a lot more cigars. Based on what you had true. said. Um, but I, I still look at, you know... Cigars are part of the good life. Uh, you know, there are ones that are really you, you can you can find some real. I hate to use the word cheap, but you can find some good values. Sure. But when you're going to sit down, relax, some drinks, and smoke on something for over an hour, man, eleven eighty nine for this. That's going to get a high mark for me on price value. That is some outstanding value. Not only that, the flavor that you're getting for that eleven ninety nine throughout yeah. that, I mean, it's 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 a good it's uh, a good deal. I, I love the the transitions in strength. I like the constant, you know, different dominant flavors here, then recede, then another flavor pops up, and they keep going. I mean, that's that's really really crafty blending. Yax guessed fifteen based on some comments he'd made, but if someone had said if you had said fourteen, would anybody have thought, oh well. No. no, no, not at I all. Actually, I actually wouldn't. I actually wouldn't. I mean, this is well over from the time you know started. Well over an hour smoke, and I mean, flavor-wise, fourteen would cause me to double check in the in the smoke shop. Like, I mean, that's eleven eighty nine for eleven eighty nine for this quality is is an outstanding value. Correct. Yeah, you're correct, birthday boy. Yeah. Okay, so four thumbs up on the lustrum. Four thumbs up. Uh, shortly, once these are extinguished, we shall light up our second Southern Draw Cigar. Okay. Back at Pinehurst, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. We forgot. I almost jumped ahead in one of the greatest oh, scenes. Yeah, come on. The movie, The Two Greasers, Pete and Vinny, as their car is broken down in the middle of the woods on their way to pick up their dates. They're bickering back and forth as Vinny tries unsuccessfully to fix the engine. Did dudes in 1985 really wear the Fonzie jackets and the greased hair and the rolled up jeans? Dude, they've got the motorcycle boots. There was still that 50s movement. It's always been you still had the counterculture. You had the influence of the outsiders kicking in. Uh, you know, Swayze and Macho and all them. They still had their greaser uniforms. You, so there was a little bit. Yeah, these guys you, were a couple of romantics. Always, I mean, come on, these cunts ain't gonna wait forever. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Which is weird. I, I told the doctor, I was like, you know, there's a rumor a long, for a long time that these were the first two gay uh, characters featured in a Friday 13th movie. And I, I, I was watching a documentary, and I was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. You know, they're wearing all the leather, and they're kind of... But then you're right. They, they totally... Oh, they there's totally, nothing in that dialogue that suggested that. Yeah, I never for a sec. I've seen this movie at least ten times. I think it was just the, all the leather. Yeah. Well... Oh, I, looked at, I looked at them as simply, they I mean, poontang hounds. you know, <laughs> they're they're filling that in. I mean, uh, just a couple that. years prior, mm-hmm. movie-wise, I mean, uh, Streets of Fire just came out. Yeah. And that uh, was true. a huge, like I said, that movement, not just within music, but within film, had yeah. always been there for that, that 50s culture still being alive. And I mean, uh, uh, Vinny 
or excuse me, Pete, uh, played by uh, Corey Parker, which, I mean, I, I immediately recognized him. He was uh, one of my, you know, favorite movies. Uh, How I Got Into College. He Never was. Saw it. He was the he was the lead role in that. How did he get into college? Uh, awkwardly. <laughs> It's actually it, it's a it's a great I've never transition movie between high school and college. Stupid comedy. Tina Affleck? No. Uh, Does it match my transition into college story? Probably I mean, that's not. pretty awkward. Probably not. Okay. His story does seem pretty uh, awkward. It, it, it includes a, a young uh, Anthony. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Not Anthony. Anthony Michael Bourdain. Hall. No. Anthony uh, Perkins. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, my brain. He wasn't on. He brain was a young man. Off. Orville Redbacher. <laughs> Orville Redbacher. <laughs> the other guy wasn't Goose. Anthony. Oh, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, thank you. The other guy wasn't Anthony. Anthony Barilli, I believe is how it's spelled and pronounced. I'm not sure yeah, how it's spelled. He's very Italian. Um, no, a, no way. No way. He, so he had a, not the lead role, but part of the ensemble, one of the, one of the four or five main roles in a late 80s Vietnam movie that was kind of overlooked, Hamburger Hill. I love Hamburger oh. Hill. Don't mean a thing. Uh, he was in that. Uh, kind of got overlooked a little bit by, you know, with Full Metal Jacket Platoon. That's actually a pretty good movie. I love Hamburger he Hill. He was the one that was killed by the pickles. <laughs> or no. You know, Mer- no. Mer- that, that, that was the movie Hamburger. <laughs> what you guys did without me. That was Hamburger Hill. Oh, Hamburger Hill. That was a horror movie. Hamburger Hill. H-I-L-L. That character was killed by Pippa. Had uh, Dylan McDermott, Stephen Weber of Wings fame, played yeah, the sergeants. Right. It was okay. actually a pretty good movie. It was a good movie. I, I agree. I like it. Yeah, in terms of... The, it, I think it's an underrated I movie. I think that might be Don Cheadle's first movie, actually. Uh, yeah. That's, that's where the song comes from. I Got My Thrills on Hamburger Hill. No. No, it's Blueberry Hill. Oh, that was Blueberry. But that Courtney was B. Vance, same, a lot, same a lot of fifties thing. Okay. Hamburger Hill was a good movie. Don't All right, so these guys are legit. These Don't little fa- these little Fonzies are. Who would have thought it? Huh? Legit. Yeah. yeah. Well, a frustrated Pete tells Vinny, you "Well, you're working on the engine. I got to go take a crap. You better have this engine ready when I come back, or you're gonna be dead." I got to go take a crap. So, in a move I'll never understand, he walks 500 yards away from the car to Into crap the in the woods. woods. Every horror movie, I gotta take a piss. Five minutes of walking with the flashlight, dude. You're in the wood. Just go. Still, Where were you gonna go? If I you, was like the back tire. Out of courtesy. If you, you did it, to take a trap. Yeah. You, would, you wouldn't go just the other I'm side sitting of that on the hood. I'm sitting on the back <laughs> of the trunk. I tell you this: if we break down in the woods and I gotta take a crap, I don't go near the back fender. Oh, here's an idea. Hold, Hold it. it. <laughs> or my other question was: Is he? Yeah, because I ain't wiping the leaf. the woods. I gotta take a crap. Just goes with the flashlight. Well, he does see that rabbit. <laughs> I like Cade's idea. Soft. If you ever break down in a car with Cade, I gotta take a crap. You just drop and trail right there, right in front no, of you. I'd sit on oh, the okay, truck. I was like, over. you know, if, if, if you gotta go that bad, that's that's intestinal distress. <laughs> Cade, I'm You're trying to just, charge the battery. Charge this battery. That rabbit's not gonna be enough. You're gonna need something more to clean up. Yeah, there's Come no. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have had those double chili eggs. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why do people in horror movies walk so far to use the bathroom in the woods? And also, who leaves the road regardless of where you are? Especially in Lake Crystal Lake. Well, because these guys know about the killings. They talk about it. I was about, about to it. say, you should know about the killings. <laughs> these crazy they, killers. They talk about it. 
Let me taunt fate. In the director's cut, they've just left Matt, Dr. Matt's place and reintegrated with society. Yeah, they've, they've been there for nine months. They, they just got the keys yeah. and they're taking off. There's some dude wearing a mask killing people. And you know, you just hear about that guy that just took an axe to that poor kid. It was horrible. You know what? I'm going to walk into these woods. Hey, as Pete says, he's gunsing away forever. Well, while Pete is <laughs> dropping a deuce miles away... <laughs> Vinny gets a road flare shoved straight into his mouth in a really cool special effect. Yeah, that actually, it actually was. was. It's a good-looking dummy mm. head. Uh, and hey, this, our third straight movie with road flare. <laughs> Woods, road flares? There's a method to my madness, boys. Oh, God. Is this the year of the road flare? This is the year of the road flare. And All right, to celebrate bur- it, you ready for this? <laughs> ah, okay, put them out! Burn down the corner, no hope. All right. Uh, I'm just going to write that down. Cade's Christmas list. No, of Red course players. not. I did bring some bear spray. Oh, it doesn't work. Uh, it's nothing but honey. It only is going to attract them. Pete finally returns to the car. Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille. God. What the hell is he Ratatouille. I'm going to kick your ass. Car bed start. I'm going to kick your ass. Ratatouille. Maybe that's why they thought they were kind of fruity. I don't know. Yeah, probably. He was, uh, was making well, a case. Well, he's apparently so happy now that he's Well, he just had a movement. Yeah. Uh... Can I say fruity? Am I in some kind of trouble? No. <laughs> Probably. Do I need to talk to my lawyer? <laughs> no. Comments not approved by the FDA. <laughs> all podcast sales funnel. By listening to the podcast, you've waived all legal rights. Or in the words of Chappelle, you clicked on our face. <laughs> did he click on our face? Clickbait. <laughs> uh, and surprisingly, he gets in and the car does... St- uh, Vinny's gone, but the car does start. No, Vinny's like literally in the in car. In the car. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was is, literally like he was his in dead the car. carcass oh, was, was laying in the engine. Oh, in the trunk. Okay, he still he thought he was working on it. Uh, okay, okay. The flare that was in his mouth caused the car to engine to ignite <laughs> when Pete turned the key. Oh, okay. Uh, but just as the ignition turns over, a hand grabs Pete's head from behind and slits his throat from ear to ear. Which I thought this was actually the road flare was awesome, but they skimped on this because he grabbed. And slices his throat with the machete, but it's just like literally like a red marker on his neck. Yeah. And I was like, "You did all that good stuff. Well, we just spent all I that was about money. To say, yeah, 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 you, 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 you got to spend it where you, you can. Take it away. Okay. Sacrifices have to be made. They yes. must. They must. Back at Pinehurst, Tommy is laying in bed, haunted by the sounds of that night years ago that he killed Jason. He hears his sister screaming. He hears him saying, "Die, die." He rubs his temples. I do, please, please. Uh, I'll take just a little more, too. Yeah, that's more scotch yaks? I do. Oh, I didn't mean for all this to happen. Well. <laughs> Say your system's down. It's not. It's too late. Uh, he rubs his temples as sweat pours out of every pore, but nothing can make the sounds of his past go away. He jumps out of bed and shoves some prescription pills down his throat. I'm sure those will help. But when he was, they're supposed to. But when he looks up in the mirror, Jason appears behind him holding an axe. How much? A little bit. Tom, Tommy, clo- Tommy closes his eyes tight and then opens them back up to find that Jason is now gone. The pills worked instantaneously. Either that or that he's just gotten better at... this. I get the idea this is his life. We get the feeling that this is how every morning starts for this poor dude. Wake up, see Jason. Excellent. Have nightmares. Dude, want everybody to enjoy themselves. Dude. That's not gonna happen. That's him every every morning. No. This is what he goes through. Well, pretend. You know. 
Well, when you're that traumatized, you got the PTSD going, man. You I just gotta do what you got to do. You got to feel for the guy. Uh, as someone who holds a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology, I can say with some sense of authority here, that's got to suck major balls. It does. That does suck major balls. That's te- no, it's technical. No, that's yeah. But, um, that's my diagnosis. Post-traumatic suck ball disorder. Doctor, that's my uh, yeah. Um, All ball sales final. PTSD. PTS. No refunds. These products have not been valued by the FDA. All sales final. Um, these products have not been evaluated by anyone. No <laughs> refunds. Even these four assholes won't take them. Uh, who do we get to do the little voice at the end of the commercial? Doctor? Keith? Oh, Keith. Yeah. Keith Howell will do it. <laughs> hey, all sales, all sales final. final. All dildo sales final. The Tuesday Night at Art Club is not responsible if your genitals rot and fall off. No refunds. No be refunds. awesome. <laughs> Dildos may include hazardous materials found in the state of California to cause cancer and other birth defects. All sales final. To learn about the time that I used a TNCC <laughs> product. To learn more about the time I used a double Watch the 1973 movie High Rise. <laughs> Watch the 1973 film High Rise, filmed right outside my dorm at Allegheny State University. <laughs> I, think, I think we're on to something here. We have all the pieces. We just don't know anybody that can actually make stuff. <laughs> the profits. That's uh, the paramedic said when he picked up old what's-his-name. We got all the pieces. <laughs> hey, you're opening up your next cigar. I am. Smell that cedar sleeve. Yeah, might as well. It smells I, like cedar. It is cedar, yeah. Oh. That means it's working. Yeah. Uh, our second cigar, why not? We'll do it right now. No shit, yeah, because your foot's on fire. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I'll drop it. No, I don't want to. Okay. Okay. Join us with cigar number two. How the restaurant f- was so good. It was so good. How are we going to follow that up? Well, I'll tell you. The Jacob's Ladder Brimstone. Sounds dangerous. Hey, Friday Thirteenth, Jason Fire Brimstone, huh? Kind of a stretch, but <laughs> making it work. It, it wasn't until you said it was kind of a stretch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was Wouldn't good. Would be better if we did Jason Goes to Hell? Yes. But nobody wants to... Oh, good job, Kate. Hey, good it had job. Keith's favorite Aaron Gray in it. <gasps> that actually would be a good podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. movie next yeah. time around. You know what? Every three years we'll revisit... Uh, if you remember, we had a lot of fun with Jason Goes to Manhattan. Yeah. Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, the principal alone uh, was... Just I'm the one who should be <laughs> program directing your show, not you. You don't know anything about <laughs> celluloid. <laughs> I'm the one that should be manufacturing the dildos. My name should be on the box. I know more about sexual aids than all of you put together. Uh, you know, Copernicus, if you're going <laughs> to... That's totally something he would say. Uh, it's a 6x56 Perfecto, Pennsylvania Broadleaf wrapper, American binder, and three different Lajeros in the filler from Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. What is the American binder? Uh, it's from America. <laughs> Dynamite analysis. Clickbait. These guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Fuck yeah. <laughs> hey, watch this video. You want to see a bunch of fat guys that don't know what they're talking about. I'm already getting a hint. This is going to have another just kick-ass aroma. It prediction? is a Jacob's Ladder. Prediction from the doctor? It might at it least, at least as good as the last one, if not better. It that, might literally punch you in the face. That Pennsylvania broadleaf is dark and scary looking, much like Jason. Uh-huh. 
Um, it is a really, really cool-looking Perfecto with the tiny, tiny foot. Um, Beautiful-looking scar. If you guys will remember, which I realize is a tall order considering how much the three of you drink, the original... What? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying something. No. Were you talking to me? I guess so. I didn't call you a psycho. I thought you were talking to me. Hey, take it easy. Your system's down. Shut it down. Shut his system down. The original Jacob's Ladder used a Pennsylvania broadleaf Maduro wrapper over an Ecuadorian Maduro binder. Yeah. That's been replaced with the American binder. The American what? That's right. Binder. (laughs) And fillers from Nicaragua. It was properly billed as a double Lajero. Tonight, boys, we got the triple Lajero. Triple You know I love me some Lajero. I almost wore my cigar press Lajero, Lajero, Lajero. Doctor, Lajero leaves on the plant are the ones that give it, make hair grow on your back. Give it the strength to make you move mountains. And get guys over your head and spin them and smash them into coffee tables. Taste bombs. I wouldn't. I'm no dingling. I'm no dingling. Uh, we reviewed the original Jacob's Ladder back way back in episode 63, like 40 episodes ago. 63. Rated it a 93 and named it our number six cigar of 2017. Well, now it's 2019. We got the triple Lajero. So I hope you fellas wore your big boy pants tonight, Doctor. Right. I just hope you wore any pants tonight. That'd be a nice change. Hey, it's your birthday. You don't have to wear pants if you don't want to. He does not. All sales, not. Fi- all sales final. <laughs> he took them off. Um, I'm kind of curious about this. What was the, the thought process on the white? The high contrast white subband. What would you do in black? I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a it's a high contrast band. Yeah, I mean, you've got the dark purple of the traditional Makes Jacob's Ladder. Stand out. Yeah. Jump right into it your really vision. It does. I mean, it actually just like, boom, hey, look at me. Isn't that what you want on the shelf in a yeah? I mean, shelf? Yeah, but I mean, just kind of. Uh, before we light up, you guys get anything on the on the uh, cold draw or the? Well, I, I'm definitely getting some uh, not really hay, but grass on the I'm cold like draw. Like a musty kind of charred oak on the on the wrapper, but that might be because I already lit it to do pictures. I might be smelling my. I know, feel my like there's going to be a spice that comes out kicking on this one. We shall see. I, uh, if you could help me out here, Yaks, I have switched to our second second uh, cigar. I'm switched to our second beer. To the Lake Breeze Blonde. Lake Breeze Blonde. Lake Breeze Blonde. Where's I knew a Lake Breeze Blonde once. Wow. Is from the Seguin Brewing Company out of Seguin, Texas. Where is Seguin, Texas? Uh, it is Do down by San Antonio. Oh, okay. Okay, because I hear a whole bunch of Texas country artists talk about Seguin all the yes. time. Yes, it's a it's a nice little town. Not if you're like driving on the you know 130 you know tollway because you'll just zip right through it and not even know you were in uh, Seguin. It's, it's a tiny town. It is a tiny town. Okay, but it's still you know, good size, but still small. Is that next to the Frio River? No. Okay. Uh, you uh, Seguin is on the uh, east side of San Antonio. Frio's on the west. Look at this guy. That yeah. His system is not down tonight. His system is not down. Uh, well, let me get out my world map over here. I'll lead you through. No, no, no. Uh, this, as we said, uh, the Lake Breeze Blonde, uh, uh, as they say their own, is the perfect tribute to the South Texas weather 
as it is perfect for a hot day, its well-balanced body presents a malt-forward profile, followed by a floral hop finish. And you thought this would perhaps pair a little better with the brimstone as opposed to... Uh, well, Southern, the, the, the Jacob's Ladder is... Well, the one that we did previously was very strong. A lot of intense flavors. I didn't think the lager would have enough. I mean, it had almost... It had zero IBUs. This one has 23 IBUs, and it's a 5.9% ABV. So I figured it would add... Be able to to give something in comparison. Because, like I said, I'm unsure of the Brimstone. Never had one. But the Jacob's Ladder, I've had several of those, and it is a strong cigar. This this beer, actually, compared to the last beer, this beer's got a lot of flavor. Does it? It's a blonde? It is a blonde. Yeah, because usually blonde's just like a step above pills. Well, this the bl- this is a or your lager. I mean, I blonde is an ale, so you're going to get a, a different flavor profile off of that. It is the the blonde ale tends to be the lightest of the right. ales, but it's still stronger in terms of I get for me, I usually judge it as having a little bit more flavor than a lager. Right. Oh, that's this, that's this, the way I usually think this about thing it. Has a step a, above this a thing lager. Has a lot of flavor. So really, but. You know, and like I said, th- because of because of the Jacob's it ladder, it is unfiltered. I, I figured it would be help to offset just what I'm hoping will be intense oh, no, no, no. flavors. You you called this one correctly, X. I was going to reverse it. I think lager. I think darker. Um, no, lager know, is light, unless of course you get a dark lager. No, no, not dark. I'm just saying like darker. Like to me, that's a very light looking. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess Budweiser's lager. So I mean, it's. Um, but I thought ours was. A, a hey, but Charlize Theron drinks it. She drinks lagers. Haven't you seen her doing a Budweiser commercial? No. Just because. Hey, I saw. Yeah, she goes Jennifer in, shoots some pool, and drinks a little fat bottle Come of Budweiser. On. I saw Jennifer Lopez driving a Fiat, and you know she's not driving that. She shouldn't drive anything. She has drivers. Which is what I'm going to get once our business takes off. You guys haven't seen Charlize Theron doing a commercial where no, she drinks actually, a Budweiser? No, no, no. She's like in a pool hall and she goes over and shows the roughnecks how to shoot pool and she's drinking a bottle of Bud. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it does if you figure they probably paid her $4 million for an afternoon's work. Uh, One, that's a bad marketing director and two, that's a bad marketing agency. Hey, we're talking about it. Doctor reckon the doctor... That's just because it has Charlize Theron in it. Was she wearing something provocative? By the way, I wrote a review about it a couple years ago. If you have not seen the movie Atomic Blonde, check it out. Okay. I've seen it on HBO every now and then. I I think I like her. I haven't seen her in many things. but Didn't she have some girl-on-girl stuff in that movie? You ever see the movie The Mummy with Tom Cruise? No. You remember from the trailer, the exotic-looking chick that plays the mummy? Yeah. Her and Charlize have a, a scene that lasts... Well, let's just say that's my, no Pennsylvania broadleaf in my <laughs> pants. I actually watched. My systems are not down. I actually watched Tom Cruise's Mummy based off of your review. It had its faults, but it was entertaining. No, oh, exactly. That's yeah, it had I, its faults. As long as you tell me it's entertaining, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I was actually off, Blonde is better. I was actually off the Stranger Things uh, bandwagon until I read his review. And then I was go like, to TuesdayNightCigarCode right, dot and read the doctor's reviews. Please do. Please do. I got another one dropping. Uh, it'll be up there by the time you hear this. Uh, it's Halloween season. He's doing a review of a brand new 
horror film Candy Corn that just came out on video it's on demand. another review Ratatouille Ratatouille read my review kick your ass kick your ass Ratatouille alright uh, first impressions yes I haven't even let up yet. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, what? let me let me get him. Let me get. No, no, no. If you want to do the first impression, that's fine. No, no, no. I'll wait fine. till everyone has lit up. Doctor, have you lit up? I have. Okay, I'll get. Let give Todd a chance. Down at breakfast, Reggie asks Gramps if he can visit his older brother Demon, who's going to be in the area soon. But Gramps isn't so sure that's a good idea. Oh, really? The same Gramps who invited you to spend the summer with him at this house full of crazy people? Gramps doesn't make a lot of good life choices. Played by none other than an old guy. No, I know who Gramps is. <laughs> Vernon Washington. Of course. Otis from the Last Starfighter. What? Yes. You gotta take your chance. Oh, you get it. Grab with both hands. I did not get that. The guy at the trailer park in Last Starfighter. Starlight, Starbright. I totally missed okay. it. Oh. Times change. Always do. You'll get your chance. Gotta grab it with both hands. Hang on to it. I understand why Cade missed it, but I should have. I, I should have got that. Fighter. That's that's Otis, the guy at the trailer. Do you rec- now you get it? Yes, now I get it. I don't know what that little slam by Tut was. We were on the same page. It's always, it's always uh, nice when the doctor's here and I can these random characters pop forward and boom. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's what going on over there. That lighter system is not down. <laughs> Hey, one of these cigars is an exploding cigar. <laughs> Who's gonna Who's gonna get it? <laughs> it's everyone. Uh punk rock girl punk rock goth girl Violet has set two places at the table for dead Joey and dead Vic, and stuttering weirdo Jake can't help but point out that you you, you, you don't set places at the table. For dead people. Okay. All right. According Thanks to what? Well, that's good to know if she's trying to re-enter society as a waitress. Yeah. 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 Which is pretty much all Doctor Matt is training these people to be is low-level service people. He's uh, going to reintegrate them into society. He didn't say what society. Well, their wood, well, their wood chopping program went to hell. <laughs> I mean. The whole room is. Are you getting the idea that Doctor Matt may have had this idea as like one of those like the Nexium cults? To where, like, if you go into the barn, we'll be branding you with my initials. Pam, hold him down. Like, he's grooming these little kids. Not little kids. He's little. He's grooming these young adults for something nefarious. Well, I actually think your initial impression was right, that he really doesn't want them to re-enter society. He just needs, like, slave labor. He's got a nice little spread out there in the woods. He's got he a nice thing going. To, Chop some firewood and make some candles and set oh, some tables. This was my him. grandfather's place, but you know what? Uh, I guess I could fix it up. If only I had some hands to help me do it. <laughs> well, he's a real doctor. <laughs> what kind of guy would call himself a doctor if he's not really one, though? That's kind I of don't know. Weird. I mean, that's really bullshit. You wouldn't see me doing that. <laughs> I would think you would take great umbrage to that, doctor. I never saw this guy at the Poughkeepsie Institute of the Technical Science. The pits? As it's colloquially referred to as. The whole room is on edge. All diploma, all diplomas final. <laughs> Ac- academic credentials not available. Academic credentials notwithstanding. The whole room is on edge from the events of the day before, and Doctor Letter does his best to calm everyone down. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> good job, Doc. When the Doc asks Tommy to go get the MIA, Eddie seemed like a good effort to me. And tell him that breakfast is ready. <laughs> He goes to the door, and suddenly Eddie jumps in the doorway wearing one of Tommy's werewolf masks. 
and it causes Tommy to jump back a few steps. Everyone thinks it's hilarious. Eddie is clearly the cool, crazy guy at Pinehurst. And when he starts thumping Tommy in the chest, what's wrong, Chief? Can't take a joke? Yeah, that's not a good thing. What's wrong, man? Can't take a joke? Stop it. Tommy shows just how much he can't take a fucking joke by throwing Eddie over his shoulders, spinning him around, and body slamming him into a coffee table. Tommy then starts raining blows down on Eddie's chest. He's a beast unleashed. Tommy can fight. Until Dr. Matt pulls, pins him to the wall and gets him to relax. Relax. <laughs> He's, it worked. It worked. <laughs> He's so good. so good. He's got a very smooth voice. His, his methods... He's like Bob Ross with his paintbrushes. Yeah. Relax. Relax, just, man. Can just Relax, Tommy. Except Stop. when he's got his forearm in your windpipe. We don't have beatdowns here. We just have happy punches. I can snap your neck like a chicken, Tommy. Don't make me do it. <laughs> Pam's like, I've seen that side of him. Don't do it, Tommy. Shut up, Pam. You'll be chopping wood next. <laughs> Guess what, Pam? You're on landscaping duty. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh, your fingers hurt? <laughs> and your back's going to hurt, too? <laughs> Meanwhile, over at Ethel Hubbard's farm, she's chopping the head off a chicken, telling it she's going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, my She's going to cut it up just to tiny, itty-bitty little pieces, just like that pig got cut up over at that fucking crazy farm. Junior laughs at his ma from over at the supper table, and she says to him, in one of my favorite lines from any movie ever, you big dildo, eat your slop. Oh, God, ain't I, I make stand, the, Junior. Ain't I make the best goddamn stew in the world? Best damn scoot stew, mama. Oh, my God, these two. So which one can you not stand, Tud? Ethel or Junior? Junior. Junior. Oh, you remind you of old high school classmates, perhaps? Or? Oh, no. No, I'm actually going to touch on that later. I have a theory. <laughs> okay. We'll get to that. Uh, but seriously, Ethel is so goddamn good. Stay tuned. Oh, no. And her her scenes with Dipshit Junior are pure gold. I'd watch a sitcom with these two. No, just living in that no. show. I believe it was called Mama's House. Mama's Family. Mama's Family. Mama's House. Hee haw. Whatever. She did have a little bit of old Mama from Mama's Family she on there. Did. Just toned I down. Was just like. Uh, it would have been better if it had a Showtime HBO show with those two. You fucking dildo. <laughs> I know no one will ever give these types of films the credit they deserve, but tell me they don't produce some of the most memorable characters and dialogue of all time. Horror films deliver, always. I can quote this movie all day long, and I do, but ask me to cite one line of dialogue from some Oscar crap like The Piano or La La Land, I can't give you anything from that. I'm at a loss. And so is everyone else, despite how highbrow some cinesnobs, you know, dildos think they are. You can't tell me anything. You, oh, the piano was beautiful. Tell me one thing about it. There was a piano. The English in it. patient. Give me some quotes. Somebody in it. No. Was the dingo ate my baby, and that was just because I got it from Seinfeld. You think there's a line in the English patient as good as "You big dildo, go eat your slop." Mm, nope. You're correct, Yak Boy. Well, Eth- Ethel hears a commotion outside, and thinking it's the coyotes who've been killing her chickens, she grabs her shotgun and heads out the door only to run straight into a scruffy drifter named Raymond. He's scruffy. Scruffy oh, and Raymond. Looks like he's been in a prize fight or two. Uh, he's rough. <laughs> he hasn't eaten in days, and he's looking to earn a meal, so Ethel tells him to clean out all the chicken shit from the coop, and maybe then she'll fill his stomach. God knows she has enough slop. She cooks it in this big-ass tub. God dang, it's a 
biggest damn pot Would you ever. dildos get your hands covered in chicken shit to get some of Ethel's stew if you were starving? If I was starving, she makes the best damn stew. Well, I mean, I obviously, Raymond could hear it, you know, three counties over. <laughs> hey, what's it say in my notes after I asked that question? Read out loud. Ty, I know you would. He was the first one. <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. I, you know. <laughs> I knew I was hungry. Come on. I knew he'd be down for chick, scooping up chicken shit for some slop. Damn, I'm starving. I'm so going to do it. It goes back to that summer shandy again. If you were starving and there was nothing else around and there was a pot would, of ethyl slop and chicken you were, there was coop. no other food to eat. I'd, take, I'd clean out a chicken coop. I'm getting notes of ethyl slop. No, Robert, <laughs> hold on. I'm not getting notes of ethyl slop. Uh, so she puts him to work. You have lit up. you got a beautiful ash going there. What you getting besides power? Actually, I'm not getting power. I'm getting a lot of power on the on the retro hill. I'm getting a lot of strength through the nose. And then I'm just getting a lot of woodsy notes on the draw. I'm not. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I will say this. I'm getting a very strong... Very strong um, jalapeno, as opposed to a pepper spice, like a, a, a real pepper pepper spice. Man, I'm missing that on the nose, and then I'm just getting woodsy notes. I will say this: I never found the Jacobs, the original Jacobs ladder. If, if you go back and watch that episode, it did not kick me in the balls like I thought it would as as a double lajero. Come on, I, I really enjoyed it, but it 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 wasn't the ass kicker that I was expecting. See to me, I'm just the opposite. I remember, I remember the Jacob's Ladder as being an ass kicker, and this, it's quite a bit lighter. To me, the the Retro Hill is extremely getting a lot of similarities between this and the previous one. Uh, Great aroma, great smoke profile. It does does smell really nice. Uh, Definitely getting the pepper. To me, it's it's more of a like I said, it's more of a black pepper on the kudzu, um, whereas this is to me like a, a jalapeno spice. Um, it's just lingering in my nose. My eyes are actually kind of watering up a little bit. Right. What about you, yet? Not re- I'm I'm kind of have to agree with Ted. I mean, it's this one's not really just knocking doors down. Uh, I have to agree with you. Normal draw. I'm, I'm. It's woodsy. I get. A little, I'm getting a little bit of leather, but yeah. mesquite. Mesquite, perhaps. Mesquite is the. How much, the in the opinion of the three of you, does it matter? And I know it matters a lot. Just how much that we've had a few drinks and this is our second cigar. That has to be some kind of disclaimer, doesn't it? I don't think so because it's it's, it's build and it's certainly I think a much stronger. Cigar yeah. than the first one. If we had reversed them, if we had followed this with the kudzu, I, I think the kudzu. I said the kudzu. No, you said kudzu. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you said kazoo. <laughs> I thought I said kazoo too. Um, this isn't a cigar. It's I, a I think, I think we, we we ordered them correctly. Yeah. And I don't think uh, anything we've drank tonight is is going to influence. I, I was pretty careful about that tonight. Uh, I actually need to take some sips of scotch because I bet maybe the scotch will. And I'm really curious for you guys to try this second beer. Because that's that's going to be my next beer when I get to it. Give me one because I'm getting close. All right, I can get you one now. Um, but yeah, um, not on the palate. I'm not getting super 
uh, ballsy on the palate. I'm just getting that strong mesquite kind of woodsiness. In the I palate. am getting woodsy. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of the woodsiness, but man, I'm missing that jalapeno. I'd really like that. Again, I'll like repeat that. what you said earlier. Newsflash. The scotch and the cigar go well together. You, you enjoy it's amazing, it? amazing how that works. It is. Have we did damage to this bottle of scotch tonight? Yes. Yeah, it's got about good. a third left. All right, let me get uh, Yak Boy a beer. You guys let me know when you're ready to try the... I'm good for the moment. The Lake Breeze. Okay, we'll come back to the... We'll come back to the Brimstone. Uh, elsewhere, the sheriff is having his men canvas the woods after they found yeah. Pete and Vinny's bodies near their broken-down car. Roy, the paramedic, is on the scene. This is the what you were referring to earlier. And as the sheriff's, like, looks like we got a real psychomaniac on the loose. What was that, Sheriff? All of a sudden, remember, he was so distraught at the sight of Joey. He's he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. He was just like... He's he, carrying dead bodies right it's like, it's like Shuttle pop, tea! It's <laughs> like he pops up into the camera scene or into the frame, and he's like, you talking to me? Yeah. No, Roy. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking to me. I thought you were talking to me. Message! Roy's in much better spirits this time around um, as he packs up the, the corpses. 30 minutes into the film now, and I guess it's a good time to address, as they're talking about a maniac on the loose, that despite several kills using Jason's M.O., we've yet to actually see Jason. It's always just a hand right. and some boots. I don't mind this. We've been met we've met or been made aware of a handful of suspicious characters, going back to Vic, the axe killer, who maybe he's escaped, uh, although I'm sure the sheriff would have mentioned that. Tommy... He's got a sordid past. Well, did you notice the sheriff is always smoking Ed's a cigar? He's a rather laid-back fellow. That's the reason I trust him. He's smoking that stogie. <laughs> Ethel has sworn to kill everybody, all of them. She's not afraid to throw that out. That new drifter, Raymond, he looks shifty. Reggie's mentioned his troublemaking brother, Demon, is out there somewhere. Oh, Demon. So this entry's kind of playing out at this point like a whodunit. Which is entirely new approach, never done before in the series. We always know it's Jason. This one's playing it kind of different. That's kind of weird because I just went into it knowing it was Jason. Um, I guess if you just went into it, like, but why not see the hockey mask? Why not see Jason? You're there to see Jason. Why not show him? Well, maybe we'll learn why not. Night falls and Billy, the horny orderly from the Unger Institute that delivered Billy to Pinehurst at the beginning of the film, squeals into a diner's parking lot in his muscle car honking the horn. His special lady, a waitress named Lana, sticks her head out and tells him to wait a minute while she finishes up. And by finishing up, she means going to the restroom and ripping open her top. It's showtime, she squeals. Yes, yes. How did Billy score Lana? Exactly. It's the outskirts. Small town. It's the outskirts of Crystal Lake. Yeah. I, mean, I got to work the Younger the, Institute. It's the, again. The even, from he, the unpainted hot rod that just pulled up. He even tells her. She's like, you ready, baby? He's like... I emptied my last de- bedpan for the night. What do you think? Yeah, he's a hot commodity in the uh, singles scene in Crystal Lake. Apparently, he I, is. I cleaned my last di- adult diaper. I feel diaper like that's today. a Willer commercial right there. <laughs> you just cleaned your last bedpan. Oh, no, that's it. He goes, somebody cleaned his last bedpan and would very much like to party. <laughs> it's time to party. And as long as Lana's there, it's party time. Showtime indeed. Uh, we get to see her, her uh, luscious melons. Is that good? Yeah. Safe way to put Safe. it? Um, they are nice. Apparently the actress really liked that movie, All That Jazz, where Roy Scheider would always say, it's showtime. 
Oh, did he rip his shirt off? And she asked the director, Danny Steinman, she's like, what do you think if when I rip open my top, I say it's showtime and I jiggle him around? And imagine this, Danny Steinman's like, I like it! <laughs> That doesn't fit with the... What am I saying? We're doing a... Okay. Guess what, boys? I liked it, too. As he combed Uh, through his script, that's not part of this. That's not part of this. What did you do of those things? Do you like it? Uh, Yes. Yes, yes. It was aesthetically pleasing. Okay. I thought I'd... Also, I didn't know what to say because I didn't know who to refer to because I thought you were talking about those dildos. Uh, I was. Well, while she's getting ready to party, Billy's out in the car getting a jump on things. Or should I say getting a bump on things. Getting a bump. As he lines up a mirror with some cocaine and just starts snorting his brains out, he's shoveling a bunch of cocaine up his nose. Or as he calls it, preventative medicine. Doctor, have you ever heard that used before? Uh, Of course it is. preventative medicine was like vitamin C and whatnot. Well, there's a lot you don't know about medicine, Mr. Cade. There's vitamin C. (laughs) That's true. Uh, there's vitamin D, which of course comes from the sunlight, and uh, you know, uh, cocaine uh, at the turn of the century was used as a, as an anesthetic uh, and brain serum. If it's good enough for Freud, it's good enough for the doctor. Certainly good enough for Billy. It was good enough. For <laughs> it's Billy. good enough for Billy. But what we're going to learn is that Billy was lacking iron. Uh, he was definitely lacking iron. Back inside, Lana squirts some breath. <laughs> Uh, Back inside System down System down (laughs) Lana squirts some breath freshener in her mouth And then another squirt between her tatas And she's ready to rock As she exits the restroom A cat jumps out at her inside the diner And scares her To the film's credit It's our first jump scare And it's a throwback to a great one Is it in the end of Or the beginning of the second Friday the 13th when the cat jumps out of the refrigerator or with the... It's a really good Wasn't jump square. Okay, no, three is where that fake, ridiculous-looking snake comes out, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, but there was two, a... Two, you're right, the beginning of beginning two, two was a two, there was a cat yeah. jump scare. But they haven't done any so far, so I'm okay with it. Um, and like I said, it's the only real jump scare we've had at this point. I respect that. Well, Billy's now all coked up and impatient, so he sticks his head out the car door to yell at Lana to hurry up again. And suddenly, an axe, an iron axe, I'm just saying, is promptly buried in the top of his balding head. And I mentioned balding because apparently the special effects guys put made this dummy head that had a full set of hair. And the actor was on set when they did it, and he's like, "Hey, you've seen my bald spot? Like that's never gonna fly." He's <laughs> like, "Oh shit." So they had to wait for hours while they plucked out little hairs to make the cer- perfect little bald circle on there. Um, but yeah, so he's dead. When Lana finally emerges from the diner, women, right? She's been in there for like 30 minutes. Well, she, she had to close up. She did. She gets the shop because she was ready to open up the top. Yeah, look at, yeah, yeah, I like it. it. I like it. She gets in the empty car, and since Billy is nowhere to be found, she sees his coke and decides to dig right into this mountain of blow. How's now guy, how's we understand guy, why guy, Billy is getting Lana. How's a guy cleaning deadpans getting all this coke? He gets the coke because he cleans deadpans. I'm thinking pans. coke at the whatever county Cramp Crystal Lake is pretty cheap. No, well, first of all, it was the 80s. I mean, you know. I'm also going to say they, you know, he... They have a pharmacy. Oh, you think he's got a source at the Unger Institute? 
That's a good point. Okay. He probably is the source for the Hunger Institute. He probably is the source at the Hunger Institute. Before he, uh, she can get high, though, and erase her miserable existence of being a greasy spoon waitress on the outskirts of Crystal Lake. Who fucks Billy. Who fucks a guy named Billy who cleans adult diapers because for a living. He's apparently bringing in, you know, three kilos of uncut <laughs> Nicaraguan. There you go. The mysterious figure shows up and buries an axe in her belly. Oh. Again, we don't see the killer. No hockey mask, no Jason. Which is like twice as worse. I mean, he, Billy got it to the head. She gets it right in the stomach. Just this saying. guy stabs a lot of people in the stomach. Yeah, he kind of does. It's just like waist level. It's easy. Just saying that maybe Lana could have gone. Just a little bit of a clue. Because just Jason was more of a guy that went right for the noggin. Headshots. That's true. I'm just saying that maybe you should give Lana a as pass. A long, hardcore fan would know that he's not following Jason's M.O. But maybe things are about to change, as far as Jason's concerned. The next morning, we join Tommy as he looks out his upstairs window. He sees Eddie and Tina running off into the woods, some chickens milling around, and then, boom, zooms in on Jason standing outside in all his glory with a bloody axe in his hand. Zoom back up to Tommy as he stares down at Jason. Jason stares at Tommy. Tommy stares at Jason. Tommy rubs his eyes, opens them. Jason's gone. Just the chickens again. Okay, I get it. Back in town... And irate Mayor Gibb is giving the sheriff the business. He wants this psycho found right now. This is a small town, and small towns are supposed to be safe. And we got the Fourth of July festival coming up. <laughs> the sheriff, typical horror movie mayor. <laughs> the sheriff takes a puff on his stogie. I actually I like know that. who it is. Oh yeah, well tell us. It's Jason, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> what are you? I think I got too much on the sun too much. No, it's a, some sort of New York Italian mayor in Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah. Jason Voorhees? Voorhees? Jason Voorhees? I think he's been out in the sun too much. He's been cremated. Oh, yeah? Dude, the sheriff stands up in his face. Did you watch him get cremated? This is Jason's work. So the mayor picks up the sheriff's ashtray and dumps the ashes. There's your Jason Voorhees. There's your Jason Voorhees. About to make about a move. <laughs> Don't disrespect the Good, Voorhees. Good serve. He tells the sheriff, it's your ass on the line. I want a live suspect in custody now. Doctor, you and I have seen these movies more than anybody. I think this is the only appearance in one of these movies of like a mayor or a government official who's worried about like public perception and getting the whole Jason thing under wraps. We never had this before. Well, and the director's... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, in Friday the 13th, yes. Yes. This is the only time we It's a horror movie staple. It's the first time in Friday the 13th you see it. Yeah. No, we talked about it nauseam. King Cobra. Every shark movie ever made. Every shark movie ever made. It's the first time, you you know, part six, the chief's a little concerned, but But this is the first time you see... I think this is the first time you see a mayor of Camp Crystal Lake. In the director's cut. He didn't want to hear it. We've got the Crystal Lake Regatta sailboat race. I was about to say, in the the director's cut, it's the Pinecone Festival that's got to go on. (laughs) Sheriff, we've got the Crystal Lake Rubber Ducky Race this Saturday. (laughs) Here's your Jason Voorhees. (laughs) We join horny troublemakers Eddie and Tina. Oh, thank you. Played by the stunningly top-heavy Deborah Voorhees. Thank you. No relation oh, to Jason. That's... How cool is that? The actor's name is Deborah Voorhees. It is. This was, uh, Cade, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first movie where you hear Jason's last name. He was never known as Jason Voorhees in the first four movies. You might be. You might. I'm not sure. I believe that's a trivia that it, it was just Jason, and then and this is finally Jason Voorhees. Okay. 
I wasn't paying attention to that. You touch thing about Deborah Voorhees. Well, who is it? Who can blame um, him? Oink, the, oink, my good man. As these two frisky uh, kids once again sneak off into the woods to get busy. You know, I can see with the other young adults that they clearly have some apparent mental issues. But with these two, it seems they're only disorders they can't keep their pants on. They seem normal other than that. Reintegrating to society. <laughs> Yes, please. You think Matt, Dr. Matt, just likes keeping Tina around? All bra sales final. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, Pam's like, she's ready to be released into society three years ago. No, no she whoa, 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 Pam, whoa, whoa. No, we whoa. need another... We need, ca- we need to keep Tina around for a while. Another counseling session. Uh, she's been here for four years. <laughs> we need to keep... We need... I'm watching her very, very closely. Mm. You still feeding her all that cream cheese? Let's go outside and chop some more wood. Get her more cream cheese. Uh, Tommy, I don't know what you're looking at out that window, but if you go round up those chickens... <laughs> Wait a minute, Reggie's not milking the cows? <laughs> Tina! <sighs> uh, okay, here we go. It's got to be done. Um, anyways, after sharing a little doobie to help release their non-existent inhibitions, they're all over each other every second of the day, they're both instantly naked and going at it on a picnic blanket like a bunch of sex star bunny rabbits. But of course, they're being watched from nearby. Warm and oats. A figure's watching them through the trees. Who could it be? Well, I knew from the deep breathing we hear, Jason doesn't do that. He doesn't have lungs. He doesn't breathe anymore. Sure enough, it's that creepy drifter Raymond watching them. That filthy bastard. He's licking his lips as Tina moans in ecstasy just ten yards away. But before he can reach down into his soiled trousers and join the party, (laughs) uh, someone jams a machete right into his gut. Poor Raymond. Lopped off his drifter wiener. No At this point, I was actually like, why bring this character on board? Well, it's all I part of the he, mystery. I think he was a MacGuffin. He was just something. Yeah. To, just somebody to somebody focus on for a little maybe bit. Maybe keep us curious. Yeah. Well, Eddie lasts a whole minute and a half before he's got his rocks off, and he tells Tina, which is another thing in horror movies I'll never understand, when the guy finishes, I gotta take a shower. Eddie's like, I gotta wash up. I'm not leaving your side ever. She seems really. Sus. Aren't you just gonna lay back there and? Yes. No, he's, he's got to go jump. Let the, in the wind f- clean the perspiration off. Yeah, he, he's got to go jump in the lake and, and and wash off. No, I figured he'd probably just be the asshole that rolls off. Ugh, I'm so tired. I got to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had some pillows. <laughs> she seems satisfied enough as she lays down to wait for her stud's return. Thank you, cinematographer. So, Yak Boy. Huh. I don't know when exactly the word pendulous was created in the English language, but is it possible that it was created in 1985 upon someone watching a totally new Deborah Voorhees laying on this blanket on her back? It is entirely possible. (laughs) There's been quite a few times where you've used the word pendulous that I've questioned because they weren't pendulous enough in terms of their sway. Pendulous comes from the term pendulum, which is part of a grandfather clock. Therefore, it comes from Gothic horror, the novels of Horace Walpole. However, uh, grandfather clocks are pretty much passe by 1985, so Pendulous um, would infer a lot of swinging. And while there was some swinging, I would say there was was some swang. There was also, I mean, there was some swang and some firmness. Pendulous? I'm going with Pendulous. I'm Pen- sorry. Pendulous infers maybe a little droopiness? Mm-hmm. And she yeah. had the perfect amount? It was... 
Yeah. No! She had the pendulous. <laughs> All sales final. <laughs> Is your system down? It's time for the Tuesday Night Cigar Club <laughs> Sexual AIDS. <laughs> Wow, these could be the most amazing knockers we've ever seen in a movie here on the podcast, and that's really saying something. Uh, She's also really cute. Did you guys like the two of them? I mean, her. I mean, her as a person. <laughs> I mean, I mean him. There, I think the, her the, character was great. There, there was a person wrapped around those things. I think her character was great. It was awesome. Yeah, she, she's my favorite character ever in any movie ever made. She's really cute. What was her name again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got a face. It's all there. Got a mouth and ears, I think. I don't really look at it. I guess as a she doctor, I prefer a more holistic approach. Holistic approach. <laughs> all sales final. I also well, have to ask the uh, what was the quote? I love we're all just kind of like, good. Uh, <laughs> They're really good. Uh, anyway, I, then I Forrest Gump the, learns the, how to run on his own. <laughs> I wonder what the onus for the guy. All right, so, all right, you know. We've got the scene laid out, but would it be possible if maybe you took your top off so that it would be more sexy? But I wear one piece. What if I just took all my clothes off? That would work as well. Kate, why don't you tell about what this director's possible direction may have been for this specific scene? Apparently, due to his background and some of the films he made prior... High Rise. He was (laughs) over on the side, like... That's it. Fuck her. Ride her. Get her. Get in there. And the producers who've been making just regular horror movies for four years, they were like us. Do we need to get our lawyers? Like, are we in some kind of trouble here? No, Cade's like, not fucking around. As the trivia goes, there was a ton of shit cut from this thing. Steinman, is it was Steinman, right? Yeah. Starting to get a little hazy. He said, uh, he actually, there's a comment from on IMDb. He was like, they cut so much out. He said, you don't get it. I shot a porno out there in the woods. <laughs> Apparently, they cut a bunch. They had like a, an almost like serious sex scene going on that the producers were like, was, was this, that we're going to play this at Cinema 5 in Temple, Texas. We can't have this shit in there. I love how the producers that were seeing those chairs like, well, I mean, we shouldn't... Can't stop it. Show those pendulous no. pendulums. Was that, no. was that in the director's cut? Producers like... Hey, other producer, should I stop this? The no, other we'll produ- take care of this. The other producer has a machete. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, just take it easy. Was it in the director's let, cut? Was it in the director's director's cut? Finish. Please let tell me them there was, finish. Please tell me where there was a director's Pitchel cut. Philip Baker Hall from Boogie Nights. Hey, I'm a simple guy. I like butter my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the, the 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 sex scene is very simple and short. They don't. Show it is apparently yeah. not what was it's filmed. Yeah. Almost loving. It's it's tender. tender. It's tender. If your sex scene is simple and uh, short, check out the Tuesday Night Cigar Club sexual aids. It, no refunds. <laughs> no guarantees, no refunds. No guarantees, no refunds. You've waived all legal rights by listening to me. <laughs> well, she's clearly happy by the lovemaking session. She's happy as a clam, right? Until Jason, or someone who's going around acting a lot like Jason, stands over her and rams a pair of hedge clippers right through her eye sockets and twists it all around. Oh, you know, he sticks them in there and then he closes them. He closes it and cuts... Happy as a clam. Cuts the bridge. Clam that's been lapped. I I said that to open it up to something. I'm glad you guys... Took me a minute. Took up on it. This is the best birthday ever. Uh, (laughs) Fuzzy clam. uh, Yeah, he... Really destroys that because you guys remind me she did have a face and he destroyed it. 
I uh, thought I thought Debbie Sue Tina was a very cute lady. She, she had a very I pretty agree. face. I uh, totally agree. I'll have to go back and look at what I, she looked I like. I appreciate the entire pendulous oh, yeah. artistry. As as do I. TNCC has always been pro woman. And she was all laying there on her beach blanket, <laughs> still all discombobulated. She was, uh, yeah, t- go ahead. She was laying there on the beach blanket in the middle of the woods. Talk slower. The, the wind was <laughs> caressing her. The wind blew the leaves the of cool the weeping form, willow trees. A cool mist blew, it, blew in from crystal, the shores of Crystal Lake. The grass may have been dead, but the sun-dappled leaves reflected. I'm just saying this is the best casting director ever. <laughs> the birds weren't the only things chirping that day, my friends. There was uh, a screw you, Jason feeling Voorhees. of hope springs eternal. I was mad at you for doing what you did in Atlanta, but now I'm very pissed off. Uh, when a grinning Eddie returns for another round, hell yeah, his ass was grinning. He's got free room and board. He's banging this chick every day, right and left, smoking joints. Went down to the went down it's good to, to the be land Eddie. Reintegrating and to society. Eddie, Eddie, I think you're ready to go out in the world. No, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I'm a little, I need more help. I still got some issues, Doc. Another I still six, got some issues. Another six months. I just wanted to really see him be, you know, torn down at the lake as he's thinking over things like. Man, things aren't really going my way. Wait a second. What am I talking about? <laughs> Fucking A they are. I just wanted to look out the lake and see two buoys floating out there and be like, I gotta get back. If only there was something I had to live for. Oh, right. Okay. He discovers Tina's eyeless body, and before he can scream for help, a horse strap or some kind of leather belt gets wrapped around his head... And the mysterious killer twists it with a stick over and over again against this tree, and tightening his head until, until it it's crushes so his skull. Tight, his whole skull crushes, and his eyes get pushed through the back of his head. Now he's officially toast. I actually thought this was an interesting kill. Great slasher movie like kill. Great slasher movie kill. I mean, it was it was interesting. Both of them. Her and him were great yeah. kills. Yeah. But as you can say, completely out of Jason character. Yes, no, he, he's, he's a simple... He, he doesn't it, it's, a, it's a Myers kill who's a lot more... Playful. Who's a lot more constructive. He's but playful and inventive. Jason is, just does it. My question yeah. is, is, it would be different because, you know, like, you know, Michael grabs whatever is around. Yeah. If it, they had this leather strap there for whatever reason, here's my horse bridle. Uh, okay. I don't know why I've got it, but whatever. <laughs> Wait, when I get back... The saddle, this bridle, we're going to put it to use. Well, Ma- Dr. Matt was going to have him plow some fields with the horses later. See, I'm, oh. not, I'm not Jason aficionado, so I missed all this stuff. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So. Myers is always more, he's always more of a he predator that lays in wait. He, toy, he doesn't toy around. He, he, yeah, okay, he toys around. He waits. He's always more constructive with his kills. Well, he's, he's playful. He sets, you know, he sets her up with a tombstone and pumpkins. He... He, he, you know, is a little well, more... Well, like the, like the little teeth. I mean, he, he plays with his nah, victims nah, a little bit. Jason doesn't... Jason oh, doesn't... get all this set up Jason doesn't stalk as much. In three and a half hours, she's going to walk by this tree. I just know she is, so it's going to happen. It's going to be perfect. Uh, well, Eddie, unfortunately, He is, threw the teeth, damn it. ...is toast. You know what goes, goes good with toast? Please? What goes good with toast? Butter? I don't know. Coffee. Butter? Coffee? Coffee. What kind coffee, of coffee does? Bacon? Any kind of coffee goes good with toast. Yeah. 
and you know me, I love some toast and coffee. And if you like toast and coffee, I bet you'll like tobacco special cigars made by the I almighty Drew Estate. Right the same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nica Rustica, and more. Your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers. Envelop a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on which wrapper you choose. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma. Commingling like Tina and Eddie's bodies. Uh, with the unmis- Supple, young, and pouty. Takeable, pouty, supple aroma of coffee and a little bit of sweetness. I'm a fan of Tina's breasts. Uh, I'm a fan of tobacco special cigars, and you will be too. So seek them out and just grab them up. With both hands. Both hands. You can't do it with both hands. Not the tobacco special. I mean, there's going to be some leftovers of that tobacco special as you got both hands on it. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you get what his, you can get. You just grab as many tobacco specials as you can and just twist and turn and stick your yeah, face in I there. Mean, it's just, I just move your hands around to get all of it. I just You jiggle those tobacco specials. It's, yeah. It's time to... Tune in Tokyo with those tobacco special cigars. All sales huh. final. All sales final. How we haven't been fired yet, I don't know. Amen. They love us. And you will love tobacco special cigars. Yes, you will. That evening, Pam is taking Reggie to meet up uh, with his older brother, Demon. All right. And Dr. Matt has her convince Tommy to ride along. Huh. Middle of the night, with a killer on the loose, they head out to meet Reggie's delinquent brother, Demon, middle of the nowhere. Maybe Gramps should have driven him out there? I'm just saying that maybe there's some things that have gone on. You don't send them out. Let's send Pam, the innocent young blonde. Gramps, why aren't you driving? It's your grandson out there. I might have to make a sandwich for somebody tonight. I'm just going to stay put. That's why I stayed put. Matt's all, uh, I'm going to need Grandpa here to prepare me a little yeah, sandwich. I, 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 think, might need, I, I might need a grilled cheese at midnight. We lost our wood chopper. I think, Grandpa. I think Gramps and uh, Demon have some Matt, issues. My back is giving out. I'm 72 years old. Uh, your back's giving out? Well, guess what? <laughs> now your hands are going to hurt, too, because you're chopping wood. <laughs> I think Gramps and Demon have some issues. He doesn't really appreciate Demon, so that's Oh, why no, he's clearly not a fan of Reggie going to meet Gramps Demon. That's why Gramps set this one out. But yeah. maybe you shouldn't have sent the kid out with a killer on the loose. Any Anybody but Pam, I would think. Uh, oh, but you're going to send Tommy, too. He's stable. But Matt's kind of like... Well, maybe if you're the doctor, don't send your girl out there. I yeah. Guess, well, like, I think he was hoping when she was gone, maybe Tina would come back and they could have a counseling session. You know they've had their counseling session. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't know why you guys have to cast aspersions on doctors, but that's the way I would have done I'm things. just thinking it's a beautiful profession, Doc. Well, they arrive at the remote trailer park and Reggie starts banging on the side of Demon's sweet van. And who is Demon, the super cool leather-clad musician played by Dr.? None other, sir, than Miguel Nunez himself. Our second Return of the Living, uh, Return of the Living Dead cast member to show up. This guy I recognized. I love Spider from Return of the Living Dead, and a guy who, unlike a lot of people from these movies, although we've mentioned Corey Parker and Anthony Burley, a long career still working as an actor, and has not aged a day. He looks, yeah, just like he did in the eighties. He's, he's uh, about in his mid fifties now. Yeah. And doesn't look that too much sweet, different. That sweet, sweet soul glow fro he's got on Ooh, right now is just, just awesome. let your soul glow. <laughs> let it shine on down to me. Just let your soul glow. 
And he's great as always. What a charismatic, just, uh, I love his screen presence. He's, yeah, he he's always great. Up. Oh, and he's also brought along his lovely girlfriend, Anita. Oh. Dude, Reggie goes, hello, beautiful, and kind of wiggles his eyebrows. Oh, and then he introduces, I want you to meet my girlfriend, Pam. <laughs> Boy, she doesn't look uncomfortable in this van with Anita <laughs> I like and Dan. A, dude, hi. Miguel. I like you to meet my girlfriend, Pam. Hello, Pam. Hello, Pam. Actually, I was thinking that Pam didn't look comfortable, uncomfortable enough. I was just like, she just rolled up to a van like... Uh, yeah. Well, she has been living at the halfway house. That's true. True. That is, yeah. That and if we think Doctor Matt is as is as controlling as he is, she enjoys getting away from there for even a half an hour. Well, get this: Demon is a gracious host in the van, offering them enchiladas, tacos, egg rolls, a slice of pizza, all laying on the floor of his van, just kind of scattered <laughs> around the van. They, they wisely decline. But while they're having a good old time, Tommy's confronted by dumbass Junior, who I guess just randomly rides his motorcycle around aimlessly at night. When he realizes Tommy's from the Pinehurst uh, camp, he picks a fight with him, but Tommy ain't going out like no chump. Or more specifically, a stuntman wearing Tommy's clothes, who otherwise looks nothing like Tommy. That guy's not going out like a chump. Dude, those fight scenes... That guy Are you looks telling me it wasn't like the same person? Dude, not even a good wig. <laughs> it's clearly like a forty-year-old man in Tommy's clothes. Boy, does he deliver those body shots! Hell yeah, he well, does. he's a trained stuntman. Oh, Do you look, you look at Mike Tyson with a little blonde straw wig on. <laughs> I'm just saying, this that is gonna hurt you, Mike Tyson. The dude fighting knew how to fight. I was like, wow. Yeah, but I mean. It, how am I not supposed to see that it's not? Oh no, it, it's, it's not yeah. Can I get one of those uh, lake silt or silt of the lake, uh, lake or breeze. lake breeze or lake sandstone, whatever it is? Doc, you've got your beer. Yax, you switched over to the new beer. I have. What do you think? I like it. I like it a lot. Finally, something good comes out of Seguin, Texas. I like it. I'm noticing not the difference is subtle between this and the other one. I'm getting a. You get a ton of difference. Yeah. Oh yes. I mean, I'm obvi- interested. obviously, it's it's it. They didn't say unfiltered, but it sure looks unfiltered, and the mouth feels very dense compared to the. Actually, rather than sipping it, I actually took a blitz. good gulp of it, and I can tell there's a there's a difference. It's there. got some weight to it. It's got some nice uh, citrus flavor to it. Very much. Um, Not overwhelming good. citrus though, because I don't like. No. 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 Well, like they said in their own thing, it does have a very good floral hop finish. That falls within that. I like it. Probably more so than, you know, a lot of other Blondales that I have had. This is very, um, this is way more and flavorful. And I'm, I'm very interested. Uh, some of their other selections, like I said, this is our first one we've ever had from Seguin. Uh, they have a very interesting name, Fla- uh, Face Plant IPA. Why'd you look at me when you said that? <laughs> no reason. I like that. That's There's no false advertising there. Face plant IPA. Drink this and fall flat on your face like the doctor at Cat's Fest. <laughs> I was thinking Cade leaving Romacraft headquarters. Try to enter your room with not a room key, but a Raising Cane's chicken card. <laughs> you got to get a hold of the face plant. I know. I'm they actually they actually had another lake-themed IPA, too, that <laughs> they were out of stock. My key's on. not working. He's all, well, uh, I, they also have this isn't your key, rye? sir. It's a discount card for Raising King's Chicken Fingers. Uh, black yeah. rye? Black rye IPA? Where's my key? A black rye IPA? Uh, Hail Dorado? <laughs> Hail Dorado. Hail Dorado. Oh, Hail Dorado. Like a pale ale. Okay. And a Bach and Roll. Okay. All right. So... 
there's some interesting choices. All right, they got a clever person down there. Uh, I, I like it a lot. And uh, I, I needed some flavor and stuff to, to go against the, the cigar. Uh, Why don't man. you uh, pass one uh, over this way when you get a okay. chance? Uh, for me, the cigar, speaking of which, man, it's just so that, that strong mesquite woodsiness is so dominant on the draw. Uh, I'm still getting uh, the really nice uh, jalapeno on, on the on the retro, but it's not... Initially, my eyes were wide. I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty bold startup, but it's it's toned down a lot. Um, doctor, what are you? You're you got some eyes watering over there. Yeah, I just uh, <coughs> tried you're, to do. A ret- I actually just ate my cigar. <laughs> Good God, no more scotch for him. Tried to do a retro ale on it, and uh, yeah, by mesquite woodsiness, you're. Can you can you? Go a little more in depth on that. I think I kind of understand what you mean by it. Almost uh, like a cooking fire. Correct. Yeah. Um, like a like a barbecue. Right. Like a mesquite grilled. Uh, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. We're all just hacking. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Apparently, What's wrong with you guys? Southern draw has nothing, cigars. That has nothing to do with the cigar. Ted, I'm gonna need you to edit out all the sneezes. <laughs> that should be an issue. Uh, it is allergy season. Just put a fart noise over every sneeze. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> That uh, makes perfect sense. Actually, for us, that makes absolute sense. No, I, I've had I've had some eye watering, but I think that's more from just getting the smoke in my face. Uh, well, Tut's blowing it right in your face. Sorry about I'm that. I'm doing the same to him, so I really can't. Um, I tell you what, if you want to file a formal complaint with Tut and the way he blows, I, I my would, system's down. I would love to handle that for you, but my system's down right now. Also, it's final. Also, it's final. Um, no, I, I kind of agree with you. It's, it's there's. Uh, it's got some strength to it. I'm really trying to differentiate between it and the first cigar. Um, to me, it's I a completely different animal than the first cigar. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is staying on that baseline, uh, just really strong. <coughs> I just I'm missing that jalapeno. I I'm, I haven't got that at all. I've definitely gotten the mesquite, the woodsy. Do that thing you did earlier where you smoke it through your actual nose. Then you'll get it. <laughs> uh, are you? What are you getting yet? Surprisingly, compared to the other Jacob's Ladder, this one, I don't know. Maybe I have become more accustomed to it, but I'm going to probably say this one doesn't have nearly the just knock-your-socks-off strength. Agreed. Agreed. I'm picking up, like I said... That earthiness. You guys saying you know more about blending cigars than Robert Holt? That's I'm just saying I'm, that I'm not. Hearing. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm not, not getting the triple. Those words never exited my mouth. I simply said that the just overall strength, and I think maybe, you know, the the original Jacob's Ladder probably was. To me, it's not so much full strength as it's full flavor. That 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 woodsiness to me is just over. It, I mean, it's 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 a dense. Full flavored smoke to me, but yes, the, I put the strength at a medium. Now that you put it that way, I would agree with that. Doctor, not on the same wavelength tonight. Me and the X are on the same wavelength. Switch seats. The final third of this, the spice has picked up in the nose uh, considerably, and that mesquite and that woodsiness has kind of gone down a little bit, and the earthiness the has really. Picked up. It's it's kind of 
the first two thirds were very similar. The final third is so far my favorite. I will say that earthiness and that, and it's it's a dry taste on the palate as well it, that has picked up in the final third. Okay, we'll check back later. Um, so anyway, Tommy Stuntman is beating the shit out of Junior, and right before he's about to come down with the death blow, Pam yells out, "Tommy!" And that's the only thing that can stop his rage. So unfortunately, Reggie's visit with his long-lost brother Demon's cut short. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, thanks, because Demon was a good character. I like. I want to spend more time with him. But I, I will say, that freak stuntman knows how to fight, because he looks great. Oh, it was good. But it, this was also a good thing, because if you look in the background, right as Tommy was about to you know, beat the shit out of that, Pam was just about to eat one of those enchiladas. Oh, yeah. He you finally don't talked that. her in it, so he's saved by the bell. Uh, and it is indeed a good thing they had to leave because mere seconds later, Demon is hit by some serious intestinal stomach pains. Oh, the enchiladas! Must be uh, those damn enchiladas! I actually thought about I was like, a, is this what the doctor got? That's where it came. We referenced this movie in oh, Go to our YouTube video, our YouTube channel and watch our Predator spoof, Hipster. Uh, the doctor recreating the classic Billy character references the enchilada. Goddamn enchiladas! There were some enchiladas here. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a good sense. beer, isn't it? That's good blonde. It's yeah. a really flavorful blonde. Yeah. Uh, night and day to the first beer. This yeah. thing has flavor for days. Or maybe it's just flavor, period. And we're just like, hey, how about that? <laughs> um, dude, his stomach is going nuts. So not only is it a good thing that Pam and Reggie passed on the van food... He really shuffles out to that outhouse, too. Doctor, have you ever seen gas station enchiladas do this kind of damage to a man? Other other than me, I'm taking myself out of the equation. Because we, we've had a lot of weird shit over the years. My God, the intestinal discomfort he must be feeling from those gas station enchiladas. <laughs> do you think he'll ever eat a burrito again? I'm afraid it's far too early to tell. I agree. I agree. I agree. He he could eat another one. As demon, he, he could he could tut he could, but it's I'm, it, it's I'm afraid as, as Cade's shirt says in my medical opinion, it's, it's far weird. too early to tell. Dude, that little waddle he does to the outhouse, <laughs> clenching his butt cheeks together, that is that is great. As demon is slowly but surely taking care of the situation on the crapper. The walls of the outhouse begin to shake violently. Yes, but I'm going to state right off the bat, because this just struck me. He's sitting there in this outhouse. If you say, why didn't he have a gun? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who uses an outhouse without a gun? <laughs> Sorry. I have to admit, that was a little bit... Those who watch our Grizzly episode will understand that. that no, he's in this outhouse. But this outhouse is completely made out of corrugated metal. That is just an echo chamber. <laughs> oh, so like the fart noises. Everybody it in the trailer park's going to hear it. Exactly. It's like a concert. So Everybody. Holy X figures that out. Is that the Dave Matthews? Oh, no, that's... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Precisely. Everybody's like, oh, I need, I'm just going to go sit out. 
So you're saying the thus spake there a fartstra? You're saying the architect team behind this shitty trailer park Crystal Lake didn't think the outhouse through carefully. Well, they were employed by Dr. Matt from the institute, so get some of his kids build it. Let's get out there and build that shitter. Uh, no get back here and make necessary. me dinner. Well, the walls are shaking violently. He yells out for whoever it is to stop it, stop it, and then he hears Anita giggling from outside. Oh, you're gonna get it now, bitch. Now you're gonna get it, bitch. He warns her, but she tells him to relax, saying, Relax, demon, you'll feel a lot better after you shit. I don't know why I thought that was funny. Uh, But he's having a hard time getting there. This shit box is gross. (laughs) (laughs) I actually appreciate that a lot. Uh, By the way, if if I ever, ever finally form my punk band, shit box. But I have to say, is like, why would you be surprised? You're eating pizza and tacos <laughs> off your fucking van floor. You stayed, you stayed egg rolls off the floor of your minivan. Hey, Reggie, I got some egg rolls in a glove box. Uh, how can that miss? <laughs> Just keeping them warm. Uh, well, he's had. Man, he he's really having a hard time getting it all out. So she tries to help him. So she leans into the outhouse door and starts singing a song to him. They're on tour. Mm-hmm. She's his backup singer. So she comes in, Doc, with, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. And he counters with, ooh, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. And they go back ooh, and forth. Ooh, baby, ooh, the ooh baby. babies and the hey, babies. And then Nunez really gets into it. All of a sudden, he's sitting in the crapper, ooh, baby, <laughs> ooh, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. It's working, though. He's getting it out. I it's was waiting for him to, like, you know... I think Anita's been on tour with him for a while. She knows what it takes to... She knows what to loosen up those bowels. She's like, he had the sausage pizza tonight. We got about three more more bars of this song. She even leans in with some subtlety. like Stanzas. After the ooh baby, she leans in with some subtlety. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, ooh, baby. That that would have been hilarious. It was like, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. (laughs) Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Chamber. <laughs> it is the ultimate fart box. And we are moving on. Uh, hold on a uh, second, Todd. Oh, he's moving so. Ooh, baby. <laughs> ooh, baby. Ooh, Toddle. Ooh, Toddle. Hey, Toddle. Hey, Toddle. Well, suddenly her voice stops. He does his hey, baby, hey, baby, and she doesn't come back at him. Uh-oh. He, he heard a little gasp from her, and he thinks, <gasps> he thinks she's fucking around again. He opens Ooh, the door. He pants still around his ankle. He opens the door and leans out, and he sees her down the ground with her throat cut open. Sorry. Oh, shit. Oh, no, baby. Oh, no, baby. <laughs> it would be funny if he kept saying, Somebody help me. Somebody killed my baby, baby. <laughs> Someone killed my baby. <laughs> well, he slams the door shut, and he goes back in the corner of the outhouse to hide. All of a sudden, a huge steel spike comes in and it starts poking holes in the outhouse. It gets him right in the leg, right by the knee. That's oh, yeah, that hurts. That hurts. And so he's shifting around trying to hide, but you can't hide in that outhouse. And all of a sudden, the spike finds its target, comes right through the wall and spears him through the Is back. it bad that I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, all right, so the spear just came and got me on the knee there. So I'm not going to go hide by that wall again. How about you dive headfirst down into the outhouse? Hey, baby, my oh, career's over. Even that's not an option. I mean, if nothing else, let's get this I would over go with, with. The outhouse is going to be half <laughs> seat, half floor. 
he got down lower, and the guy keeps punching holes through. Yeah. Well, he's he's. Hey guys, I guess this was his final tour. His farewell ooh, tour. Baby, I'm out. Ooh, baby. <laughs> no refunds. <laughs> All sales final. All jokes are funny. N- no room for discussion. No, these jokes no. are funny. Legal rights waived. Uh, it's like also, up. did you no. notice that Vic, the killer who killed Joey in the beginning, his he spray his name was spray painted on the wall behind. No, I didn't. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah, no. His name, Vic, starts with an F. Was spray painted on the wall, like was here. So maybe did he escape? It's possible. And he's the one on the loose. So according to the trivia, it said Vic Fadden was here, and Fadden was a name of one of Steinman's friends. Oh. So apparently that was not a clue. Hey, baby. I didn't pick it up on it. Hey. I just saw Vic, and I knew it would start with an F, the character's last name. I was like, oh, maybe he got loose from the prison and decided to go spray paint his name on an outhouse. If that was what they were intending, they did a very bad job of it. Uh, you're correct there. Too. Got some other trivia for you that I should probably inject now, since her character is no longer in the movie. Inject away. Are we talking about Tina again? Yes, we are. Oh yes. In a sad footnote. <sighs> Hold on, let me get there mentally. Okay. Yeah, really get there mentally, and imagine yourself being a teenage boy. Debbie Voorhees eventually became a high school teacher. And was fired from two jobs once her students found her this film. Which I didn't think was very fair. No, it's but not. But they found the film, and she was let go from two jobs as a teacher. How would they not find the film, considering it was on a national release? Yeah, no yeah well, I mean, maybe this was, this was, movie was in 85, I don't know if it was 20 years after, or 30 years Here's after. Something you might know She was let it. go from apparently two different jobs as a teacher. Oh, that's bullshit. That's, that's, that's fucking bullshit. The yeah. female students all had A's. The boys, for some reason, had trouble concentrating. Did you know this? D's. What, I, what I just said. D's. Double D's. Double D's. Can't believe what you read on the internet, but that's what I read. That she became a teacher and lost a couple jobs. Did you know this? Oh. You know the girl that sucks, Deborah, in Friday sorry. Part 6 that has the motor home that takes court? The girl from Camp By Me Love? Yes. She was originally supposed to play this role. And said no because they made her get too naked? Yes. Yeah. So they put her, she ended up being in part six. So I wonder what the other, so Debbie Voorhees goes on to be a teacher. And God, I what did she what teach, the, I wonder? What, what the moms of the other Anatomy. students. <laughs> Anatomy. It doesn't matter. All sales final. I'm teaching my little son, Timmy. You whore. Home ec. But I, I just, when I read that, I thought, you know what? That's so unfair. Like, I mean, it yes. wasn't, she was in a movie, and but I guess, you know, it titillated her male students. And why would it? Cade? Oh, yeah. I know I got the titillated. Uh, I'm sorry. we got to move on from her. Sorry. <laughs> when Pam and Reggie arrived back at Pinehurst, Tommy ran off into the woods after his fight with Junior. Stuttering Jake, boring Robin, and goth Violet are outside waiting for them. Jake tells Pam that Eddie and Tina never return, and both Matt and Gramps have disappeared as well. Pam puts Jake in charge and wisely jumps back. How's that for women empowerment? Hey, idiot stuttering guy, you're in charge. 
Robin seems fine. Why not give it to her? She is fine. It was the eighties. You didn't put women in charge of the eighties. All lies. Pam puts Jake in charge and wisely jumps back in the truck to get the hell out of there. No, no, no. She's going to go look for Matt and Gramps. I'm out of here. This would have been... Did you and I mention this would have been like a Halloween 2 style? Pam's on the road heading out of town? She is. We see her later. (laughs) I'm taking my hard nipples out of here. She's not looking for anybody. Uh, Well, down the road at the Hubbard farm, Junior's riding his motorcycle in circles around the family shack. Oh, my God. This is a crazy scene. Screaming about Tommy hurting him, begging his mom to murder all those loonies. I'm just like... She's inside making a humongous pot of stew for dinner. Jason, where are you? Yes. Kill this guy. She she makes her stew. She's shouting back at him to get off that fucking bike and come inside. And he's just hollering the entire... Oh, my God. There's a camera mounted on his steering wheel of him just crazy driving. This was like... Like this to for me, I was like, you know what? I don't know what else they were trying to draw on, but it was literally like the fucking like the crazies from Chainsaw Massacre. It's nuts. It is nuts. It I, I kind of like it's a the cra- scene. Well, I think I know why, Tut. It's a crazy scene with him screaming while doing donuts, dirt flying everywhere. He's even riding his bike up the up front the porch. Th- th- that and, was a little bit. You should and around not done his that. mom is cussing now. Am I the only one who thought maybe this might be a little glimpse into? Tut's teenage years growing up in East Texas. Tut, get in here and eat your slop. And he's driving that bike all over when the place. When he talks about his early years, he used to have a motorcycle. It would have been my 20s, not my early years. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago. Tut, get in here and eat your slop. Tut, get in here and eat your slop, you goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> no. High school, in the home front, I was model. Soon as I got into college, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm junior on the motorcycle. Did get you- in here. <laughs> Get in here, eat your Stephen F. Austin slop. Did your mom ever make stew? Yes. And doctor, could you put that in your notes? It was the best damn stew in the county. In the right. county. Uh, well, Junior's lifelong joyless ride. I got that recipe, and it's a pretty damn stew. <laughs> it's a pretty damn good stew. That's going to my notes. Junior's lifelong joyless ride of misery is swiftly put to an end when a meat cleaver swings at him oh. from behind a tree, lopping his potato head clean off. Thank God. Silence. Once again, dude, that is some wonderful imagery. Junior's joyless ride of misery. Junior's Junior's joyless lifelong joyless ride of misery. Like a joy ride? He has a joyless ride. Actually, at this point, it's, actually not, it is not not so joyless. Much, it's not so much horror as it merely is a mercy killing. Like, yeah. oh, thank God. Not only for him, but everyone uh, involved. The viewer. Which uh, I gotta say, it was, it was a great crafted scene. It actually I don't was. Think, but, I don't think oh, to this God. day there's been a person who was like, oh, God, Junior, get away. Don't get it. Oh, thank God that son of a bitch is Kill that old like, woman. You think when he's at a horror convention signing autographs, like, I hate it when you got killed. And I'll say this. We talked I, about where this differentiates. I really where wanted this is to true in the slot. Friday series is one thing that they did expertly, maybe not in the first movie or two, but everything from three on out, what they did expertly, and it's part of the scream of wah, is they absolutely captured intentional comedy in these movies. Yeah. 
There's a bloody fucking murder violence in it, but they get out there and they say, this is going to be funny. Yes. Ethel and Junior are meant to be comic relief. Well, get yeah. this. Ethel is yeah. just as relieved as us to hear the motorcycle's engine finally stop and her son's constant blabbering finally muted. You would think the crash sound might have <laughs> drawn a little suspicion. Well, she hears that every night. You don't think Junior's <laughs> crashing that thing into the house every day? It's kind of like, kind of like you coming home after high school. <laughs> when the door creaks up behind her, she says... It's about time, you fuckwad. I knew you could pass up my stew. And I guess I really she was gotta try her stew. And I guess she was secretly wishing Junior had brought over a hundred or so friends, because that's how much goddamn stew she made. The pot is as big as our table it here. Is. It's huge. She's got this huge shovel. She's and she makes it every day. She was making stew the day. It's before. like cafeteria stew. It's just like shh. we grow a hundred tomatoes a day, and we got to make fresh stew. There's like ten onions on the table. Good God, woman. Uh, it's like that pot in Sleepaway Camp. It was huge. <laughs> Only instead of vertical, it was a horizontal <laughs> pot. Yeah. It's like that industrial size. Three it inches, was. Three inches tall, but ten feet wide. All right, let me read my recipe here. 15,000 tomatoes. This is going to take a while. <laughs> Well, she's not going to have to worry about her dumbass son anymore, or anything else for that matter, as the meat cleaver suddenly crashes through the kitchen window in front of her, lodging right in the top of her head, until she slumps face first down, face first into her own pot yes, of but slop. Don't, don't forget I actually that didn't she's like she's holding a tomato, and she squeezes it when it yeah. chops it. Official her. cause of death, blunt trauma, and drowning in vegetable slop. I like the... Real cause of death. Yes. I the like doc, the... Uh, you can drown in slop. Do you think there's any chance Ethel could bounce back from these injuries and perhaps make stew again? My God, her <laughs> stew-making abilities are just must be on fire. I like, I like the tomato crush. Oh, yeah, this. she squeezes tomatoes it, like Yak said. It's a really good visual. But I, I hated the cleaver through the window. I, the, for some reason, that just felt cheap to me. Well, one. He's toying with her because the door creaks open behind her, and that's not been established. That's a Michael Myers move where you open a door and then you come in the other door. This is this guy's very just straight ahead kills, so that was different. I, don't know. I was okay with it, I guess. Well, I was expecting him just basically to drown her in the stew, like literally pick her up and just yeah, stick you like her in the Halloween two bowling. You like, you like your slop so much? Yeah, all right. Well, I think my theory about Pam getting the hell out of there just to save her own ass, TNCC style, may hold some water because we now join her on a deserted country road where the old farm truck has stopped running, so she's forced to head back to Pinehurst on foot. She wasn't looking for Gramps. She wasn't looking for Gramps at all. She wasn't looking for Gramps at all. <laughs> she's getting the hell out of there. She's going to the bus station. If only we'd cut back like a couple seconds earlier where we could actually hear a cussing son of a bitch. I had to go back to this fucking bullshit. <laughs> Those fucking Wanted to get the fuck out of here. Back to those cuckoos. Speaking of Pinehurst, a massive thunderstorm has erupted outside as Jake and Robin are settling in on the living room couch, watching the old 1951 movie A Place in the Sun. Jake, brimming with confidence now that Pam has put him in charge, chooses this moment to tell Robin, "I, uh, I really like you, Robin. I like you too, Jake." No, I really, really like you. I really like you too, Jake. She's watching the movie eating popcorn. I, I wish to make love with you. What? I, I want to make love to you. 
I'll say I was final. <laughs> and dude, she goes from a giggle in his face to Just like laughing. belly roll laughing in his face. Oh. Oh. It is a truly brutal rejection. Never happened to me. <laughs> this guy died. And Jason wasn't even there. Yeah, no, his insides were dead before Jason ever got hold of him. I'm going to chop off your head. Please. Please. Fucking kill me and get it you know, over let's with. Let's start with this thing out here. I don't get any need for this. And then chop off my head. I was going to kill the guy, but then he took the knife from me and he stabbed himself. I was... Honestly, you I was blame mortified. me for those thirteen other deaths. That's not me. When the cops catch up with Jason, that wasn't on me. That one look, wasn't that on guy, me. All right, look, I killed those other thirty-two <laughs> other people, but look, that guy, no. Look, I've done some sick shit, but that was dark. All right, I wasn't used to that. I was outside the window. What she did to him was fucking messed up, man. I've killed twenty-seven people in the last twelve hours, <laughs> but that a, fucking bitch. I shoved an old lady's face in her stew. <laughs> You ever hear of something that's twisted as drowning in your own slop? What she I did, did that. What she did was wrong. What she did was wrong. I love him in a suit on trial with his hockey mask on. <laughs> uh, now, uh, defending himself, uh, Voorhees, the state versus Jersey Voorhees, Mr. Voorhees, he walks in, he's all, dun, dun, dun. It's all the people's court music. Dun, 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 dun. Mr. Voorhees, what do you have for you to say for yourself? All rise, all rise. <laughs> all right, look, I chopped Junior's head off with a meat cleaver. There's no denying that. I drowned the bitch in her own slop, but I'm telling you, what she did to Stutterface was just fucking ridiculous. I mean, come on. I killed people. That was murder. Dude, they show his family in the audience crying. Underneath it says Stutterface's family. Don't even say his name. Uh, do you have a paper towel? Because I actually yeah. got some ash into my glass. Accidentally. Oh, we get you a new glass. That's even better. You go. Hey, it's your birthday. You get a new glass. If well, this I appreciate your, that. If this wasn't your birthday. And I, I will admit that I drank some of the ash before I recognized it. <laughs> it happens, brother. Thank you, Tuttle. Much Well, Jake storms upstairs in shame, tears streaming down his chubby <laughs> cheeks. He's try. He tries to turn to Violet, the goth, for comfort. But she's busy listening to music and reading a magazine. No, dude, that shows that that lose, you lose some sympathy for Jake. He's so horny. He goes to another chick. He's like, "Well, I struck out here. Let's see what's going on in the other room." Oh, I thought he was really going to her for like. No, comfort. I think he was like, "Poontang didn't work here. Let's hey, try." I'm in charge here. Maybe she'll respect my position. Try option B. Uh, well, she's like, maybe I'm busy. Maybe later. As he exits her bedroom, there's no later as a bloody meat cleaver is waiting for his head. Jake, we hardly knew ye. Later. We, we hardly knew ye. ye, ye, ye. You've already been murdered yeah. twice. Give me another lake of the whatever it is. Uh, lake Breeze? The first one or the second one? The second, please. Yeah, it's much better. So up in the bedroom, Robin peels her top off. Yet, Yaks, what's the opposite of Pendulous? <laughs> they were fine, but they were not, they were not Tina. What's okay. the line from Jaws 2? She's got tits like a sparrow. Hey, <laughs> I have to admit, there was part of me that was like... She's a cute oh. chick. Oh. <laughs> Do you think Deborah Voorhees was sitting off stage like... <laughs> no, you're doing great, hon. Do you just want to eat... That's exactly what she's doing. You are rocking the scene, no. <laughs> you won't be able. To, you won't be able to get a job teaching junior high. They were fantastic. Ironically, she also got a job as a teacher and nobody had any problems with him. The kids were fine. They would have been fantastic, except... We just saw Deborah Voorhees. She had, well, a, she had a nice lass. 
I'm with. I, I just saw Deborah Voorhees. I don't. I guess a, again, as a, as a medical professional, no, I look a, at things holistically. No, I'll tell you this: I'm an <laughs> ass. I'm an ass guy. All, all sales but yeah. Deborah Voorhees. She had nice ass too. Yeah, and she got full. Ass, like she, she, she got. Enough Can we about, go back to that wood scene? Ooh, you know what? baby, ooh, baby, hey, baby, <laughs> hey, baby. Horny Eddie and Tina re-enter the woods. We've never done that before. We're like, we're, <laughs> go back. Hey, if you watch a movie and you like it, you skip back and uh, uh, maybe later. Uh, well, she climbs up in the top bunk. When she rolls over, she discovers Jake's dead body lying next to her. But before she can scream, a hand reaches up from below, covers her mouth, right as a machete is shoved up through the mattress, right through her. She's dead. So that just leaves Violet alive, right? Yes. And, and that is an old school Friday kill. That yeah. knife through oh, the yeah. mattress has been happening like four or five times. Isn't that how Kevin Bacon that. got it? Uh, he got it in part one that way, and uh, one of the guys in part three, and one of the, the, uh, the chick in part three got it that way. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right, the cute... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that just leaves Violet in the house alive. Yeah, wrong. Goth shit. She's practicing some really unique dance moves up in her bedroom to a My really lifestyle. cool and lyrically appropriate song. I might add, it's called "His Eyes" by the band Pseudo Echo. Was this was, was this old school? Was it the robot or was well, it? She was, trying to, she was trying to. She was trying to like early pop lock. And yeah, it, just, it was. It wasn't look at good. You, early yeah. pop lock. Man, it was. Yeah. Uh, That's my Travis Tritt tour. <laughs> You want to hear a funny story about Papa Lock? You know those people that come out when you can't get in your car? One <laughs> night I left Cody's Pub years ago, and I stopped. Speaking of fast food enchiladas, I stopped at a 7-Eleven at like 3 Damn in the morning to get some Big Bite hot dogs. Damn Big Bite. And when I, when I got out, when I came back out with my food, I couldn't get in my truck. I'm like, oh, shit. I like my keys in my truck. So I'm like, oh, so I go back in. The, the guy behind the counter at Seven Eleven's like, uh, I don't see him anywhere, man. I, I, you know, I can call Papa Lock. He's like, but it's like seventy-five bucks or whatever, cash. And I'm like, yeah, okay, give him a call. So I'm standing out there by my truck and I'm eating my hot dogs. Come on, to get cold. We've seen what it did to Demon. So I mean him, and I'm seeing it, and uh, the dude comes out, and he's like, Hey, man, I just heard from Papa Lock. Uh, it'll be here in five minutes. I'm like, Awesome, thanks. So I finished my big bite, toss it in the back of the truck, the keys wrapper were, The whatever. keys were in your door? Uh, no. I went to get a... It's back when I was a cigarette smoker. I reached down in my pocket, grabbed some smokes. It's my keys. <laughs> So as the pop lock guy was coming in at three in the morning, I had to probably wake him up from his house. Uh, I just jumped in the truck, got the hell out of there. It's not really that great of a story. Ooh, baby, hey, baby. Um, well, she's doing these dance moves to this kind of cool song when Jason or whoever it is killing everybody sneaks up behind her and typical move stabs her in the belly and leaves. And finally, At we get to see I, a little bit of strength because he does the whole raise razor up, the up wall. And, and his hands are really muddy and dirty, like Jason. And he's got the jumpsuit on. We see that. But at this point, I'm getting a little frustrated. It, 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 I want to see Jason. The and max. this whole stabbing everybody in the belly is getting a little old. Well, Reggie wakes up and goes upstairs to see what all the nuts are up to. His words, not mine. 
and he quickly discovers Jake, Robin, and Violet's corpses all piled up together on display. In Finally, Tommy's we room. get to see the presentation. The still MIA. Oh, they're in Tommy's room. Oh. We still don't know where Tommy is. He ran off into the woods. Uh, that might be a clue. An arm reaches out and grabs Reggie. Nice little jump scare. But it's Pam. She explains she was unable to get to the airport, so she had to come back here. When she's wait, what are you doing? <laughs> you almost you almost lived that fast. I knew at this point in the night there's enough drinks that it'd probably be a three second pause for you guys. Were like, hey, wait a minute, you told you. Um, when she sees the body, she grabs Reggie and they fly downstairs. Literally, she's shoving him downstairs so hard he falls down and twists his ankle. Then she's like, get up, get up. She get to the chopper. She grabs like, him. No, I need to chop more wood in the morning. <laughs> As they make their way to the kitchen door, it's suddenly kicked in by Jason. He was just in the house. Well, I suppose it might not be Jason behind the hockey mask, but it sure as shit looked like him. And with only 20 minutes left in the movie, I was just happy to see a big guy with a hockey mask on. Uh, Although, Doctor, did you notice when watching this, throughout part three and four, and in the dream sequences in part five, Jason had his traditional red markings... On the hockey mask. This was different. This Jason, when he bursts through the door, he's got a blue paint. He's got the blue arrows pointed on his hockey mask. I thought I actually saw red, like one what one downstroke here, one over the eye. Nope, that's in his dreams. Okay. This Jason, we show he's got a blue blue paint on his well, hockey. You mask. briefly lived in Canada, so that means this Jason played for the Montreal Canadiens. That is correct. No, Montreal would have been red. Calgary Flamers? Uh, Toronto Maple Calgary Leafs. Flames. Calgary Flamers was uh, something else. <laughs> that was a dance troupe I also was involved with. Um, but yeah, he definitely has a different mask than we've ever seen on Jason. Maybe that's a clue. You know, if that sheriff truly believed that Jason was the killer like he told the mayor, wouldn't he at least once since then sent a deputy out to the murder house it's it's manpower to, to issue. Check. Let's, it's a manpower we saw issue. him with like 10 deputies canvassing the woods let's it's not manpower. be sensible it's here. a manpower issue pam and reggie burst out the front door and begin running like hell through the rainy woods it's pouring down hard and sometimes pam is wearing her pink sweater tied around her neck and other shots it's gone do you see that i did it's so bad like literally sweater no sweater sweater no sweater <laughs> And the writer went on it's to like, be a, the writer went on to be a script It's like Braveheart in the ten minute rundown to the battle scene where Mel Gibson draws his weapon like three times. Uh, Melanie oh, Melanie yeah. Kinneman, the actress that played Pam, uh, mentioned in the trivia that uh, she enjoyed having a wet shirt on. She felt she was finally feeling kind of sexy then. She was, as I was told to scream in terror as I fled. I'm just but saying I feel sexy that, doing I'm it. I'm just saying that there was one time where uh, she runs up to the camera into frame, and it's like this, you know, big frame on her face, and I'm just like, couldn't you have told her to stop like five paces too earlier? Seems to like Steinman would have caught that. Um, By the way, big fan of Melanie Kinnaman as Pam right here. I know yes. we've all talked about Debbie Sue, but I, uh, that was a good-looking woman. No, she's yeah, she's really she's she does her part. She's no Deborah Voice. But, but that whole sweater yeah. thing is kind of, among horror nerds like me, it's kind of one of those continuity errors everyone just laughs at. Uh, they come, Her and Reggie come across a 1950s ambulance parked on the road with its lights flashing. 
They pull open the driver's side door, and that jackass bubblegum chewing paramedic who reveled in getting his hands dirty in the open scene slumps out of the vehicle with his throat cut. Bunch of pussies. Bunch of pussies. You gotta have the presentation. Reggie and Pam scream. Then Jason pops up from the other side of the ambulance, and they scream some more. And they take off running with Jason casually walking after them in his usual non-rush style. But they don't run off together. Reggie says, fuck this. Not really. He just thinks it. And he sprints away from Pam. He's not waiting around for her ass. And he goes straight off into the woods. Serves her right trying to get to the airport. Uh, You know what, boys? You just kind of touched on this, Tut. Production-wise, it is such a costly and complicated choice to shoot a film with rain. Especially a real heavy rainstorm. And they do a really good job pulling off here. Their fake rain looks really real. Yeah. I was wondering to myself why director Danny Steinman did it, considering how much easier it would be to film this whole last act with no rain, just in the woods. And he didn't really need it. Well, Todd, I think he did, because when I saw that shot of the lovely Pam Roberts running around in her soaking wet white blouse, I got it. Well played, <laughs> Mr. Steinman. The producers are all, Danny, that's like 15 grand. We do- I need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this was total fake rain, right? Yeah. yeah. So in six, there's a bunch of scenes where it's really raining, and you and I have shot in the rain. We have. And it's one of those things where, like, if you're in a low budget movie, you didn't have a choice; you just got to go. Yeah. And but he actually chose this horrible element, but it's it, it works. Uh, I'm a big, I'm big Pam fan. Yeah, me too. Eventually, Pam stumbles across her boss slash lover, her confidant, Dr. Matt. Her rebel. With his forehead pinned to a tree with a railroad spike. He's not very rebel. Doctor, I need your opinion here. Do you think Dr. Matt will ever be able to sit around and collect large fraudulent Medicaid and insurance checks for literally doing nothing to help troubled kids ever again? I would say, Cade, it's highly doubtful. I think that's fair. It gives a little glimpse. My (laughs) God, the pain that's going on right then. Your head pinned to the... uh, My God. (laughs) Every nerve in his body must be on fire at this point. Well, no, he's dead. Ooh, baby, hey, baby. <laughs> Pam makes it back to the house, and as she calls out for Reggie, Reggie's gramps gets tossed through the living room window with his eyes gouged out. This guy likes to take out he eyes. Take out the eyes. I guess he won't be cooking breakfast in the morning. He will not. Too bad old Except Dr. Matt's dead, because he'd be thinking, I guess I'll need somebody else to make breakfast. <laughs> my God, he's dead! I can't pour my own no. cereal in a bowl. Let's see, old uh, old Vic got taken to the how jail. Gonna, how are you going to cook that food without firewood? The guy's got that was chopped. Only firewood, only <laughs> breakfast. Beer? Yes, please. What you want? Uh, the blonde. Let me guess. I'm going to need a new group of cuckoos over here to do my dirty work for me. Um. So, yeah, Gramps, Gramps he, he got to get. He can't replace Deborah. bro. As Jason pursues Pam across the front yard, we get a better look at the back of his head. And it's bald, slimy, and slightly disfigured. So maybe this is the real Jason after all. Kind of looks it. Or maybe Tommy did his thing like at the end of part four where he shaved his head. Made his mask. Made a Jason mask. And this is him 
becoming Jason. You haven't seen him the next thing that son of a bitch that shamed us is going to say a bunch of bald, slimy guys oh. talking about shit. That <laughs> asshole. Uh, as our birth, as our birthday boy likes to say, it's far too early to tell if this is Jason or not. Pam stumbles down on the wet grass, and for some reason she can't get up and run anymore. We see that a lot in movies where the chick just gives up. I can't run anymore. My I've been running for style. ten. style. But look at us. She's like a healthy. My shirt's wet. I've got, my shirt's wet. Uh, I've got a nice ass. I'm so it's wet. raining. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm so gonna struggle. This shirt is so heavy. I just the sweater. It's so wet. The it's so heavy. God. So she looks up at Jason. He raises his machete up in the air, but before he can swing it down, Reggie the Reckless drives a tractor straight through the wall of a nearby barn. Austin Power style. Ra- like five minutes of the tractor coming to you. And Jason just stands there, <laughs> and he rams it straight into Jason's. Great stomach. acting by the young Shavar Ross. He's selling it, man. He's driving yeah, that tractor. Uh, Jason flies back and rise, rise, rives, rise, on the ground in pain. As Pam and Tommy look down at the killer, Pam is soaking wet because they've been in the rain all night. So is uh, Reggie, but his red sweatsuit is perfectly dry. My God, uh, and it's still raining on him, and it's dry. I know a lot of directors feel that if the audience notices continuity errors and things like this. It means they're not engaged with the film. Like, they'll never notice that. If we're doing our job, they'll never notice this. Steinman was still upset that Paramount made him cut out that three-minute porno he <laughs> shot that afternoon. He's like, fuck it, I don't Dude, give a shit. I get it. No, they're not going to notice little things. Like, when when he was killing Eddie in the woods, he was turning the rope clockway, clockway, clockwise. But then when they cut back to it, he was turning this way. That's forgivable. The sweater thing... This yeah. Reggie being completely dry in the middle of a thunderstorm, like, dude, come on, you got to give a little bit of care. You got to kind of give a shit. It'd be kind of like if uh, Deborah was doing a scene and her stunt person <laughs> stepped in with, you know, A's. It just, you know, it knocks you out of the scene. It did. I'm sorry, where was I? We brought up Deborah again. <laughs> oh yeah, we've got to stop doing that. Jason reaches out and grabs Reggie's leg. Pam kicks Jason in the face a couple times until Reggie can break free, and they both run back to the barn together. Jason slowly rises to his feet. He's hurt, and he looks down, almost perplexed by the blood seeping out from his belly wound. We've never seen that from Jason before. Like We have not. Him acknowledging an injury. Jason makes his way to the enormous barn and begins looking for Pam and Reggie. He swings open a stall door, and Pam comes out roaring chainsaw first. Yay, Pam, go get him, Reggie yells from the upstairs of the barn. She cuts Jason's shoulder deep, and he falls backwards against some hay bales. If this is Jason, not Tommy, he certainly is the most vulnerable and susceptible to pain we've ever seen him. But right before Pam can finish Jason off, her chainsaw stops working. Just like everything else in this place. The trucks don't work, the chainsaw doesn't work. The barn, the two-story barn is you also... You think Dr. S- Matt's like, I should really get some troubled kids that know mechanics. And, well, I uh, had one chop me some wood, but he killed a <laughs> motherfucker. The, the, the two-story barn is a staple of Why Fridays. Why don't these chainsaws yeah. work? Well, I didn't need one. I had a guy chopping wood with an axe. Uh, <laughs> and fat-ass candy bar eater came along and fucked up my whole scene. <laughs> well, Jason finally gets to his feet as Pam is climbing the ladder to join Reggie upstairs when our old friend Tommy steps in the front of the barn. He's so used, though, to seeing hallucinations of Jason that he doesn't budge when J- the real Jason approaches him and slashes him across the chest with a machete. 
Before Jason can deliver the kill blow, Tommy stabs him in the leg with his trusty pocket knife and manages to join the others upstairs. Well, I was waiting for him to actually pull it out, open it, caress it, caress it a little bit. and then jab it in his leg. Uh, we are minutes away from finishing this film. Tut, you have finished the cigar. Everybody else is really close. Final thoughts? Uh, it's a good cigar. It's a little underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. He didn't want to say by it. The height? Yes, I was underwhelmed. Underwhelmed by the height. If you knew nothing, just were handed it to you. It's a good scar if it was just handed to me. Yeah, I, I, I think the the marketing threw you for a loop here, uh, Doctor. Enjoyed the kudzu better. Yeah. Um, just uh, what the other one, the bad cigar. Like I said, I'd like to try it in under different circumstances, but which you will. Yeah, there's just uh, yeah, I'll go with that. I agree with uh, the doctor. Uh, Kudzu, great. Kudzu, really, really great. Brimstone, I agree with you. Marketing kind of made it sound better than it ended up. Not better, different. It just didn't have the profile that I expected it. Uh, and and I think we're all in agreement there. Price point, tut. Thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty. I'm being lazy tonight. What you got? Twelve. It's a triple a harrow. I mean, you're right. Triple a eleven. Thirteen fifty. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. You know, it, it's it's difficult because I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, just trying to judge it against the previous cigar and what the prices might be. Um. It is strong. So, guessing... You want me to guess what I think it would cost as opposed to what I'd pay for it. Yes. Um, you went thirteen fifty. You went twelve. Yep. The other one was eleven eighty nine. Remember, if you just go one cent under Yaks and it's lower, you win. Yeah, and you know what, though? I'm, you I'm know, going to try to give it an honest effort. I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to again kind of split the difference. I'm going to go with thirteen. Should have gone with 12.49 or 11.59. 11 11.99. 11.99 is the price. So again, good value. So you're saying I was the winner, but not as yes. good. Yes. You win the guess, but I'll I, get your prize as soon as my systems are. I'm up gonna again. say that uh, 11.89 for the kudzu is better value. Not uh, not, not much. Alright, so so here's where it's kind of weird. Eleven ninety nine is actually a pretty good price point for this cigar. Uh, I, I gave the previous one a high value. I, I'm just saying that if you take the marketing concept out of this cigar, it's a good cigar. Eleven ninety nine, I can see it. I, I actually can. So we join the horny troublemakers, Eddie and Tina, played by the stunningly top-heavy Deborah Voorhees. How cool is that name? We've already, we've already, we've already As done they that. once again sneak off into I'm the totally woods with this. to get this, busy. This is the executive. Uh, you know, I can see the other young adults. They clearly have apparent mental issues. But with these two, it seems their only disorder is they can't keep their pants on. Other than that, they appear totally normal. Which I'm sure is okay with Dr. Matt. 
anyways, after sharing a little doobie to help release their non-existent <laughs> inhibitions... Back when the end credits come we've totally gone over this. They're both instantly naked and going at it on a picnic blanket like a bunch of sex-starved bunny rabbits. So, I, we forgot that. It's a good one. We've totally gone it over it. fits right. Oh, okay. That one's not like, so good. Okay. I mean, if you want to go over it again, I'll still smile. Well, no, I, I got the feeling Tut was the only one that was enjoying the replay. Yeah, we, we quit Damn it. Uh, Why am I the voice of reason? Yeah, you're a voice, all right. Please. Well, for some reason, to skip back to where we originally were, they let the hobbled Jason climb the barn ladder and join them upstairs when they had a thousand hay bales that could have easily... Thrown on him, kicked the ladder. They could have kept him knocked down for hours until the cops showed they up. They could have donkey his ass and just, just poke him with a stick and he'd fall down. <laughs> they didn't have to let him up there. Um, well, just as uh, he, when he gets up there, he sees Tommy laying unconscious on the floor, and just as he's about to kill Reggie, Pam bashes him over the back of the head with an axe handle, and with Reggie the recklesses and a revive Tommy's help. They finally manage to shove Jason out the upstairs barn window where he falls right down on a very large, very sharp piece of tractor equipment. The hockey mask flies off during the fall to reveal that it's Roy, the icy-eyed paramedic who's been behind the mask all along. Were you talking to me? It just turned into a Scooby-Doo. Say something, Sheriff? It just turned into a Scooby-Doo episode. It did. This whole time it was old man Roy... He was the one behind it all, trying to scare everybody away. I would have got away with it if it weren't for you pendulous horny kids. Where were you pendulous horny kids? Well, as Kate pointed out, and, you know, they had to bring back Jason. They didn't. Everyone agreed this was the way to go. Jason's dead. We've got to start something new. But. People want Jason. As Kate mentioned earlier. Halloween 3 style. Where's Michael? This film made money. Hmm? So the producers came back and said, we got to bring back Jason. And they did in part six in the best film in the series. If only, what were they going to do? Strike with the bolts of lightning? Yes, that's oh, exactly wait. what they do. Shit. Later on at the hospital, the sheriff shows a distraught Pam Roy's wallet, where right behind a photograph of himself... Roy, what do you keep in your wallet? Well, here's this nice black and white shot of myself. Oh, <laughs> and then here's a shot of Joey taken from the day he was dead. No, that was Jonah Hill. You have had no contact with him since he was a baby. Where'd you get this picture that's taken from him from this movie? It's a huge... Literally, the clothes he was wearing. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And a candy bar! (laughs) There's Joey in his wallet. The candy bar loving fatso who was hacked to pieces earlier in the film. That's going notes. Turns out Roy was the father... Roy was the father who abandoned Joey when he, and when he saw his dead son, he snapped. Did he abandon him? He was literally right down the road. He was keeping an eye on him. I guess. Uh, when he saw his dead son, he snapped and decided to use the Jason angle to cover his tracks. Pam, but, why, but why did he kill those lovable greasers? Well, he's bloodthirsty at that point. He's killing. He's crazy. He's a kill. He's went crazy. He's just crazy now. He's just. What's the definition of when you snap? My God, man! 
I think the clinical definition is cuckoo bananas. He went cuckoo bananas, yes. That's why. Roy went cuckoo bananas. He did go cuckoo bananas. He killed a bunch of cuckoos and some horny people, and they shouldn't have killed And honestly, the way this Tina. movie played out, I'm surprised there weren't some bananas involved. Um, they were fed to Vic before he was taken Pam, back to the younger Pam dude. then makes her way down the hospital hallway to Tommy's room, where he smiles up at her from his bed, right before stabbing her in the gut with a giant machete and laughing hysterically. Oh, shit. Tommy's the new Jason. It's official. No. It was a dream. He wakes up from that nightmare, and everything's okay again. Wide awake now, he has a hallucination of Jason staring at him from the foot of his bed. Back to the red paint on the hockey mask, the mm-hmm. real Jason. But this time around, Tommy doesn't blink. He stares straight at Jason, doesn't rub his eyes, and eventually Jason's vision disappears. He finally got rid of... He's moving on, boys. Moving on. Leaving it somewhat ambiguous, but not really as Not really go. as this plays out. Tommy rolls out of bed and opens the hospital drawer... Little dresser next to him, where someone has nicely put Roy's hockey mask in there, right beside Tommy's wallet and personal effects. You might want this later for a keepsake. The hockey mask? A keepsake. All sales final. <laughs> what do we do with this hockey mask? Did it belong to that guy over there? <laughs> Pam hears a loud crashing sound from Tommy's room, and when she races in, the large window has been shattered, and she assumes Tommy has jumped out and fled. But just then, the hospital door closes behind her, and there's Tommy wearing the hockey mask as he raises a giant fucking knife into the air to presumably kill poor Pam, but we freeze on him. So, one, I guess he's they're setting this up for him to be the next Jason, maybe, yeah. if they go that route. Two, what nurse put that big-ass fucking knife the same one, the hockey man. They'll probably want this, too. Her brother was the <laughs> grave digger who put it in with those, those jassels at the beginning. Yeah. It's not something you just find in your hospital room. It's a huge knife. So again, they didn't know what they were going to do with it. The movie, as you pointed out, Cade, made a bunch of money off a low budget. So the producer said, when part six came out a year later, they said, hey, let's bring Jason back. Even though this movie made money, that's what the fans want. It's Halloween 3, so it's Halloween three and 4 all Obviously, over they go to part six. They bring back Tommy Jarvis as Tom Matthews. And Jason's body is still buried in a grave, and the whole—it's—it's a, it's a one-off. It's—it's it's not a one-off with Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis is the only character that has continuity, and well, the, the films have some continuity, but uh, Tommy Jarvis is the only recurring character, part four, five, six. So they decide we'll bring—we'll do part six. Tom Matthews does a great, yeah, but we'll really just—we'll—we'll we'll start over with the Roy. The Roy is the Jason copycat killer was a one-off. Jason's still in his grave. Tommy's going to go out there, and we'll start from there. He's not the killer, but they led that ambiguity just to, hey, what what are we going to do? It gives us some options. Well, we polished the entire bottle of scotch. No surprise. Uh, it was tasty. The Bunahabahabahan. Bunahabahan. Easy for you to say. Um... Doctor, I hope you had a good birthday. Dude, I had a fantastic fucking birthday. Uh, what a better... You know where yet. Well, the, I guess it is. We're getting there. Well, actually, technically, yes, it is. Uh, fucking fantastic. Uh, dude, talking movies, having some good stogies, some good beers. Uh, entire, Always good. Entire bottle of scotch. Uh, we got one more. 
uh, after this, we'll have one more movie before Halloween. Okay. And then that's it for our big favorite season of the year. Then we'll watch some lame non-horror movies for the rest of the year. <laughs> if you want to join us at Twitter, uh, at TNCCCast. Join us on Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. Hit us up on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us. A lot of you have on Tuesday on the YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. If you want to buy some cigars that you know we've lovingly talked about tonight, uh, you can hit uh, the Famous Smoke Shop banner on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, if you purchase something over a hundred bucks, do the promo code TNCC20 and you'll get twenty dollars off of that order. That's like twenty percent. It's almost twenty percent, yeah. And uh, you know what? Guess what? If you need something to hold those cigars, and you got this like little jalopy, you know, cigar humidor there, click that Daniel Marshall banner on there. I'm I'm begging my wife. I'm like, I want this. I want this humidor. And then uh, get a Daniel Marshall humidor, bud, because that's... Hey, you send in your it's old... It's freaking art, man. You send in your old shitty humidor. He sends you a voucher for money off a brand new Daniel Marshall humidor. And by the way, you know, when you get some friends over and you're like, hey, look at my humidor, and they're like, yeah, I got one too. And you're like, oh yeah, was it made by Arnold Schwarzenegger's humidor guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you get the Daniel Marshall humidor... Yeah, yours is. That would work well if I ever had friends over. And if uh, you want to buy hey, some... Hey. Uh, <laughs> you got Christmas coming up. Uh, you want to buy some little gifts on uh, Amazon? Click the Amazon banner on the Tuesday Night Scar Club. Yes, we actually just got a little deposit in our bank account from Amazon. So thank you, folks, yeah. who actually who actually do that. You notice the lights haven't gone off tonight, and that's because all the people that do? Yeah. All promises made to electrical company are not binding. <laughs> Thank you, Drew Estate. <laughs> I got a final message. Anybody who body shames Tut again, <laughs> fuck you. I'm a sensitive guy. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I'm not going to call you a pear shaped loser ever again. It was hurtful. Shouldn't have said it the first time. But I'm sorry. Right. You shouldn't. Thank you, everyone, for joining the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. I would like to give two thumbs up on tonight's show. I would like to give two thumbs up on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. I'd like to give double two thumbs up on being here with my best pals on my birthday. I wouldn't have rather been anywhere else. Great kick-ass time. I'd like to give two thumbs up from everybody to Mr. Cody Yakboy Lesker for coming through with an excellent fine bottle of scotch. For our enjoyment, oh, yeah, way two to thumbs go, up brother. For the Boona Haba Haba Holland. That's some love right there, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm gonna come through for you, likewise. I'm I'm next up for the two thumbs up. I can feel he's gonna give it to Dude, me. Dude, two thumbs up. Mr. Matt Cade has a birthday coming shortly. Mr. Matt Cade enjoys the six days of the year that he is younger than me. My birthday is September 25th. This is October 1st. Oh, for the next six days, I call him every day on the phone. I talk really loud. Yeah, he asks me when I'm going to get... He's like, it's 4.30. You're probably getting dinner right now. He's a real piece of shit about uh, it. I, I relish this next we, week. We've, we've been doing this for, God, longer than we're going to care to couple admit. A couple decades. But, uh, hey, great birthday for me. Wouldn't have had any other place. Loved it here. Great show. Thanks to Yaks for the Scotch. Two thumbs up all around for a birthday show for the doc. Loved it. Absolutely fantastic. Love you guys. Fantastic time. Dude, Co- Yak's coming with the Big John. Little golf clap. Big little, John slow little clap. Little Big John from Can't Let Me Love slow clap. 
Yeah. Cool yeah. nerds. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I wouldn't dare to compete with what you just said. I'm just going to send us out. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I had a few too many of my famous high-octane imperial stouts and decided to head out to my local cemetery and desecrate the grave of a notorious serial killer, please watch the new Netflix true crime documentary, Pissing on Velma Barfield's Grave, One Man's Drunken Night in Hell, starring yours truly. Seriously, the lady was a real monster. Just Google it. But hey, it's not like she's going to get resurrected by a bolt of lightning and come looking for me. That crazy shit only happens in the movies, folks. Wait a minute, I hear something outside my window. Uh, it's probably just a raccoon or some falling acorns or something. Uh, let me just take a quick look-see. Oh shit, it's Velma Barfield, and she's coming back to kill! Hmm, I guess I kind of asked for that. But uh, in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit southerndrawcigars.com, bellsbeer.com, and seguinbrewing.com. And please, tell the world my story. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Don't